Well, uh, we finally managed to watch the second movie in this franchise. Uh, we've both now seen Fnine, uh, or something like uh, M- Mr. Vin Diesel Presents His Very Good Ninth Film, or something like that. Um, uh, Zachary, uh, I hear you have uh, something to say uh, on the on the topic. Well, you're half right. Oh, no. <laughs> I got something to say. But I ain't Zachary no more. Uh, okay. Uh, who, who, and who might... Welcome to the podcast, uh, a, a guest for the first time, I guess. Uh, no, 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 I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm still the other host, but I'm oh. a changed man. Oh, okay. You're, this I've is been, your... I've been through, much like Dante Reyes in the critically acclaimed mat- opus of cinema, Fast X... I have been reborn. You're, you've been you've been transformed. Okay. Uh, do you want? Is this your your uh, fast sona? Do you want to? Do you want to? My fast sona. And you know, I was originally because I I felt equally parts fast and furious. I was going to call it my fursona, uh, but yeah. uh, when I googled if anyone had done <laughs> such a thing, I found very different results from what I was expecting. Yeah, you might not necessarily, that's probably not associated necessarily with, uh, with the franchise at hand. See, um, you know, you just, you gotta find the fast and the furious within yourself, and that's what I, that's what I did this week. So, uh, uh, if you are you I'm living Zach- on the other side of the law. Really. Are you still Zachary? <laughs> I I am, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start going by a different name. Though. What, I haven't what I haven't, is... picked, I haven't picked out my my Fasona name. I thought that that's something that I should probably save for this audio entertainment. You, you think maybe that's something that uh you don't choose, but that instead chooses you. The name chooses you. Well, the Fast and Furious life chose me this week. You see, yeah, pigs what, what caught me doing the... twenty over. What, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? Pigs caught me doing twenty over, Joey. Okay, so I'm translating for our non, our 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 less furious. Uh, Not from the streets, yeah. you might say. Yeah. Uh, and so you were you were pulled over by uh, a, a police for the officer. First time ever. Oh they got wow. Me. I was I've lived my life on the land before, but they finally old Johnny Law cut up to me finally. I don't think that's what that means, but okay. Um, so, so uh, what exactly? Uh, what exactly happened? How did uh, how did it go down? Twenty over, man. That's I. You know, much like Dominic Toretto, I was living fast, living furious. Okay. They, you know, what what was the speed they, limit? Uh, the speed that, li- <laughs> what was the speed limit? <laughs> It was thirty miles an hour. Okay, so you were going fifty in a thirty. Is I was what going you're... fifty in a thirty. Damn, caught me and slow me down to zero in a thirty. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Uh, what, uh, now, what... I'm, now I'm a changed man from this experience. Uh, okay. So now you now you you know how how the the other Vin lives. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, so yeah. To say. And, You know now now that I have had this experience, I figured I should uh, you know come back down to earth to those less fortunate who don't yet have their fast zone ready to to kind of tap into. And I thought, Joey, I should help you tap into your fast zone. Oh, so okay. I have. Oh, it sounds. Nine- it I have sounds a like I would program. need. Oh wow, that's a lot of steps. That's a lot more than I thought you were gonna say. It sounds though like I would need some sort of precipitating event, maybe. No, uh, no, 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 no. You see, right? Any anyone can can be fast and be furious. That's a- anyone can be family. Family. 
Okay. So so anybody can be family. anyone can be fit. Sorry, one more time. <laughs> anybody can be family. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So I fortunately I oh, have, got something uh, in my throat. Uh, <laughs> let me try that again. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Tell me sorry, so you want to tell me about your nine step program? Yeah, so I, I found actually an eight step guide but there's a ninth step here because i have not done step nine i figured i would wait for you to join me at that finish line and we would complete step nine together all right um i am uh terrified why don't you tell me the first step is variety has a video on youtube very helpful you know variety the most street of publications yeah okay so you found a youtube a helpful youtube video and it's called Fast and Furious Lessons, How to Live Like Dominic Toretto. Ooh, okay. So this this was, I'm pretty sure, uh, released to coincide with the release of uh, Fate. But uh, since we're talking about Fnine on this here audio uh, medium, I figured for us Fast Sonas, we'll do a ninth step. Uh, but let's let's start with step one. This is, again, How to Live Like Dominic Toretto. Sure. You ready, Joey? I'm I'm I've I've never been less ready. Let's go. Okay, you just to get you in the headspace of your fastona. Step one, winning. Okay. So what is how that are be- you gonna be winning in your life, Joey? You, you gotta think it, about it. Is this uh maybe a very dated Charlie Sheen reference? <laughs> or what <laughs> what exactly? I'm confused. Winning. About- See me, I'm winning at Uno. Every time I play Uno, I'm, I'm ask anybody. They know I'm the best at Uno. And you, Uno is a real card game from the streets, Joey. Yeah, you know okay, that. yeah. But it's me, I, I win at Uno every time. Okay. What okay. do you win at? What do I win at? Uh, fuck, I'm already... I'm not, I don't think I'm cut out for this secretary. Well, let's get to go to number two. Okay. Just keep thinking, just marinate on it. <laughs> okay. Number two is beer. Uh, I do happen to be drinking... Wait, that's number two on this list? That's no, number two is beer. Number two is beer? Number two is beer. Okay, is there a particular... It's just beer. It's you just beer. It's just beer. Okay, fine. Well, yeah, I, I don't even drink... think you need an answer for that. Number two is beer. Okay, I, I do beer? happen to be drinking a beer at the moment. So. Okay, then already you're ahead of the game. All right. Number three. Now, hold on a moment, Zachary. You don't really drink beer, so how are you achieving uh, number two there? Cider. <laughs> but my fastona is more of a cider guy. <laughs> okay. Sure. My yeah, fastona like, drinks lots of Angry Orchard. Yeah, you know that's the the one of the Fast and Furious ca- uh, uh, characters who's uh, uh, you know has some uh, maybe some gluten intolerances, <laughs> and some uh, some food allergies. Well, I'm and actually, actually, hold on, stepping out of the bit for a moment. Regu- Joey, you are gluten intolerant. How the fuck are you drinking? I'm drinking gluten free beer. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yet I'm I'm the weirdo for drinking cider. All right, all right. Be- hold on. All it says is beer, and then you were like, I'm. Drinking drinking a cider i lucky lucky for me i have a beer <laughs> well number three is freedom so Fuck, I mean, that's number three number Fuck, three is freedom. off the rails I'm, so soon <laughs> i'm pretty goddamn free i live in the united states goddamn america and i was going 50 in a 30 so i think I've, i'm actually uh, and you live in uh uh donald DeSantis's free florida so I uh, do not want to mention that. Oh, you don't want to mention 
You don't want to talk about it? Hey, oh cut, 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 cut that out. Freedom. Freedom Freedom isn't free. Okay, so you're asking freedom me... Is, uh, freedom isn't free. In fact, I have to pay a, a, a fine from that. That's true. You, you do have to pay for your freedom. But that's okay, because I still got number four honor well i just want to say that i i pay for my freedom by paying income tax <laughs> that wasn't funny cut that, cut that also. <laughs> no i just love the implication that fastonas don't pay income tax <laughs> oh hold on i've seen a couple of these films so far i'm pretty sure that like their paycheck comes from the sh- shadowy world government like the extra judicial yeah so they're definitely getting paid not on the books like it's not uh-huh. i'm pretty sure that they don't pay income tax but it's okay because they got they get paid an honor too right sure yeah honor now i will say curiously number five is priorities <laughs> Way to prioritize. <laughs> that's like having that's like having like number six be like list making. <laughs> well, no, number six is loyalty. So yeah. <laughs> so their priority. Wait, I just want to say priorities is not is not their strong suit of whoever's making this list. No, but it is above loyalty. It's very important, yeah. You know the scene in every Fast and Furious film where Vin Diesel's like, alright, everybody, let's uh, make a quick scrum board here and uh, organize. We're gonna quickly, like, make sure that we know what are our top three main priorities here. And uh, if you're not on board with this, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, you gotta, you gotta be loyal to your priorities and, and loyal to beer and freedom. This is poison. <laughs> Now, I will say, you gotta be loyal to number seven as well. Fuck. The street. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Now, we you did... can't buy the street, though. But it does say street singular, so it's not the, the streets. Street. It's just the street singular. The street. Hmm. Okay. So is that, do you think, a, a metaphorical street, or is that, like, a literal, like... Well, the clip that was included in that part of the YouTube video is the scene where um, an earthquake separates Vin Diesel from Jason Statham because uh, both of them are contractually obligated to win that fight. So <laughs> God himself, like, yeah, the big man upstairs, right? Sure, yeah. He's very invested in our podcast, by the way. Uh, you know, removes them from that fight. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and and that is the, you know, the, the activity of the street. Okay, sure. Uh, and then number eight here is uh, is Brotherhood, which I think you and I have down. That's true. We probably do have that one covered. We've got that one covered because we are brothers. Are you feeling fast? Are you feeling furious now that we've gone through those eight steps? I- I'll tell you, I'm feeling furious. I'm furious. I'm furious <laughs> at this variety video for introducing a, a, a long segment of audio poison into the beginning of our podcast. Well, that's okay, because now we can do step nine, which is, like I said, I've been waiting for you at the finish line here. Uh-huh. I have not yet chosen my Fastsona's name. Is that fucking step nine in that the is, fucking I came, video? I came up with that. Oh, okay, That's geez. step nine. I'm inserting that here, oh. right? First <laughs> nine, the ninth step. You're, gonna, you're killing me. <laughs> We're gonna come- well, so I, I took the liberty of coming up with some example names sure. that Fastsona's might have. Uh, that I was considering for my own Fastsona, and I thought that maybe you could help me pick from this list 
uh, of Fasona names, which one my Fasona is best suited to, and maybe you can find one in this list uh, that you like, or it'll, you know, stimulate your creative juices. Okay. uh, The problem is that I only know the names of the actors and actresses and not the names of the characters. That's okay. We're just gonna, we're just gonna come up with, right? Okay, sure. Yeah, right. just and feel free if the spirit moves you, offer up a name. Are you sure the- you don't want to? You know, maybe just come up with some kind of like BuzzFeed style quiz for what? You're- oh, there was there. Oh, okay, out stepping out of the bit for a moment. <laughs> I did find a quiz of what's your street racer name. <laughs> I got I got Cheetah Rapids, and it was like a That's- twenty minute long quiz. I had to do so many questions, and I got fucking Cheetah Rapids, <laughs> which I'm not fucking going with. It's very good. Okay, Cheetah Rapids. What are no. you- so here's here's I uh, here's the thing. I'm gonna refer to you as Cheetah Rapids. Yeah, absolutely not. Y- y- okay. Well no, because you listen to these Passona names and you will see, right? Like there is okay. there is some um, I think that my name is somewhere on this list. Okay. Alright, so the first one that I came up with is Mac McIntyre. Okay. Now Okay. Then the next one was Otto O'Reilly. <laughs> That's pretty good. That seems more like here's the thing. That <laughs> Okay. G- Otto. That's O T T O. No, it's very good. Uh- <laughs> O'Reilly. Okay, here's the problem is that these are th- I don't think the characters are named this way. I think only like Vin Diesel is like his name when he was joining but I Sa- think Vin Diesel is Dominic Toretto's Fasona. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is getting complicated. All right, I do really right. like. What was that? Otto O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that oh. one. That one was my favorite for a bit. The next uh. one I got. Nos Steel. Mm, no. N O S. Right. Like no, Nos. it doesn't. You can't have the the two S sounds right after one right after the other. Fair. Well, the next one I have is Adam Driver. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because you need, like, a, an all-American name and then, like, a car bit. So, I figured Adam Driver is a good fast Driver. Adam Driver is a very good fast soda name. Uh, the next one I have is Duke Nitro. Uh, that's pretty good. Oh, okay. I thought that was pretty good as well. I, I don't know. Okay, yeah. Uh, then I have Clutch Powers. No, no, that's, um... Somebody's... The Adventures of Clutch Powers. Hold on. Clutch Powers is definitely an... Ex- a, somebody's named Clutch Powers. Hold on. Yeah, dude, it's a Lego character. Okay, good. Just making he sure I was... up a... in Ninjago. Bro. I was about to Google... I was literally about to Google Clutch Powers Ninjago. Lego, the Adventures of Clutch Powers? I do, I do vaguely remember the Adventures of Clutch Powers. But it Powers. struck me as a potential... My Fasona could be Clutch Powers. I do like I mean? Clutch Powers. That's very good. Um, then the 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 penultimate one that I, I have here is shock petrol. Uh, it's too no, it's too that's too much. Now what was the one that you were trying to avoid? It was it was like che- cheetah cheetah rapids cheetah I, rapids. I, wait, and then my last one here, all right, is calzone boogie. No vetoed. See, here's the thing. I I envision that you're, like, the fast owner name is, like, Chuck Cheetah Rapids. Wait, we're just gonna, we're just gonna, 
breeze past calzone boogie this is not good it doesn't nobody would be even in this sort even in the sort of universe that uh mr diesel himself has cooked up here i don't think i don't think what was it calzone boogie or something like is I don't, this the end of calzone boogie i will give you i will give you that there is a character named pizza raven spy racers so calzone boogie is not bad but i think pizza rave in in spy racers is like a handle like they're like a hacker or something right like or, right okay so one word calzone boogie no, but no, no, that doesn't. <laughs> See, I don't think you're gonna get out uh, out of uh, Cheetah. See, I imagine that the name is like Chuck Rapids, and Cheetah's like in quotes in the middle, right? So your Fasona is like okay, you know, but here's Chuck the problem with Cheetah this. Rapids. Then you got to introduce further audio poison, and you got to take this fucking uh, <laughs> speakers. I mean, you want to send me the fucking quiz? Yeah, here, we'll just, I'll drop you a fucking link. We'll just cut out all the parts where I take the, <laughs> the quiz, and we'll just cut back in at the end. It's okay, we're going to cut a lot of this out. It's on HowStuffWorks.com? <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, fuck, what? what? No, you know, we can't read anything from the quiz. Just take the quiz and, and tell me what you get. Okay. Two hours later. You got Cheetah Rapids? <laughs> no way! I did! I got the same! <laughs> get the same name? There's no way. <laughs> nuh -uh. I'm gonna just quickly dig into the source code here and see if I can determine if there are any other options. <laughs> There's no oh, fucking oh, way. It was very good, Zachary. <laughs> Who's Zachary? I'm fucking Cheetah Rapids, I am also Cheetah Rapids. <laughs> and we are in reverse. <laughs> hey, welcome to In Reverse. Well, welcome to In Reverse. The show... <laughs> The show with the two least qualified people <laughs> on earth to, <laughs> to talk about the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> I'm your host, Cheetah Rapids. <laughs> I'm your other host, Cheetah Rapids Prime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will link this quiz in the in the description oh, yeah. of the episode. Uh, thank is... you, uh, Teresa M on How Stuff Works. <laughs> I can't believe this is real. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! I I am looking at the fucking source code for this page right now, and unless they're using. Like, I am 90% sure that Cheetah Rapids is the only solution. <laughs> Unless I don't have access to whatever weird JavaScript options, like, like, code is responsible for making this determination, there is only one op- there is only one success screen included in this source code, and it's just the Cheetah Rapids one. So I'm 90% sure that you can only get Cheetah Rapids. Well, I will say- well, I'll say this- for Cheetah Rapids, uh -huh. it works as both a Fast Sona and a Fursona, from what <laughs> I gather. It does! 
It's very good. You can be very fast and furious with Cheetah Rapids. Oh, just fuck I th- me. I think I think maybe I'm just gonna Google Cheetah Rapids real quick to see if that's like a real person or something. Nope. <laughs> I can't believe this is real. Okay. So, th- yeah, thank you to uh, How Stuff Works and Teresa M for uh, deter- helping us determine our uh, fast sonas and our fierce sonas uh, in one in one go. But in all seriousness, uh, I am Joseph Kotzker. Uh, I am Zachary Kotzker. And uh, we are uh, in reverse. Uh, welcome back. Yeah, in, ca- in, case it- in case it was unclear, this is uh, yeah, episode five where we will be discussing F9 or F9, I guess guess because at a certain point they just gave up title wise i think if i if i saw the title for this movie uh correctly it was uh uh mr diesel presents his very cool film uh the ninth one or something like well, that so it-, <laughs> it had like a really long title with so, some colons in it so it was uh nine or if not if- F9, The Fast Saga, parentheses, Fast and Furious 9, I believe. Uh, but see, they, at a certain point, they just gave up, right? They were like, mm-hmm. Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, Fast, The Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious, Fast 5, mm-hmm. uh, Fast and Furious 6, Furious 7, Wow, The Fate of the Furious, and the, then they're just by like, the way. It's the F9, fate of the, the fate of the furious the good the one good title <laughs> like yeah no the, they knocked it out of the park with that one <laughs> the one title that actually although i had got to give credit anything. for too fast too furious as being a, a pretty that's true name. too fast too furious did sort of um revolutionize the idea of sequel naming right so like that's that is very clever and that is yeah, now that is what worth i applauding. what i will say though to note specifically this is important um, you know, we didn't just watch Nine, uh, the Fast Saga, Fast and Furious Nine. We watched Nine, the Fast Saga, Fast and Furious Nine, uh, the director's cut because there are yes. six extra minutes of content. And I googled here, um, you know, F Nine director's cut versus theatrical. And Joey, let me read you what google says is the difference here Ooh, okay good because i i actually i watched the director's cut once you pointed out that that was a thing but i do not know what the difference is okay so um according to google the theatrical version has a frontal shot of roman it does not okay say... now i read the first time i read this i was wait like, the theatrical <laughs> version has a full frontal shot of roman wait 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 a minute. so i think you and i missed a full frontal <laughs> did, shot. Did I mention? Uh, <laughs> was that when they're in we, space? I guess in the theater, <laughs> people were treated to full frontal nudity, but in the director's cut, yeah, that wasn't part of the director's original vision. Um, <laughs> according to this, the difference Wait. is that instead of that frontal shot, the director's cut offers some more banter between Ramsey and Tej instead. Okay. So Wait. I did actually then click on a Screen Rant article, which Hold did on. explain it in a bit more detail. Six minutes of that? Like, uh, okay, sure. Um, but basically, uh, the scenes where like the they're in like the the base and like doing like unfunny bits. Yeah. Where, uh, you know. Oh, that was all added in after the. That fact? was all added in. Like, you know, it's like, what's that called? That's a fax machine. Oh right? God, I I fucking wrote that down. Oh, okay, we'll have, get to that in a moment. I have some but, thoughts on that. <laughs> uh, but also, what's interesting? So the scene where they find the big pile of cash. 
right? Yeah. Is the director's cut thing. But what's interesting is that is called back to in the theatrical version of uh, <laughs> Fast 10 Year Seatbelts, right? Yes. Where then, like, he, you know, he now he has just, like, a shitload of cash, yes. right? Uh, presumably from that scene and this goes actually into something i want to talk about a little bit later about this movie which is that a lot of this movie is setting up fast 10 in a way which i did not expect them to like think that far ahead i don't even know if they on per like did it on purpose or they just like forgot to pay well well this movie that then they bring back in fast 10 well no no, no, no. hold on a lot of stuff in this movie a lot this movie answers a lot of questions that we had after watching Fast 10 but also by virtue of this movie being the one the only thing immediately prior to Fast 10 leaves some questions not only unanswered but unanswerable which I want to talk about a little later. Okay, but- I mean we can go into that in a moment but like uh an example that I want to give besides the just like pile of cash is um so a question that it answers for us like right away at the beginning is yes they did actually get kurt russell in this franchise oh yeah he's Uh, for sure in it he's for sure in it because this movie has a lot of kurt russell in it well Uh, well they have numerically a lot of kurt russell he's only in it for a few seconds at a time but those few seconds do show up quite frequently in the film but Um, he's also only in like flashbacks and videos that were supposed to have video footage and by the end of the movie i finished the movie and i was like okay well yeah that was a movie um a bad one but that was a movie and it's hold on can i just say it's a very bad film like no no everything aside this is a very bad film this mr diesel mr diesel you made a very bad film i'm very sorry and i will say fast 10 expected me to to have a lot more more fun with these movies than i am having so far uh but when i finished the movie i was just like wait did they ever answer what happened to Kurt Russell? No, exactly. In that's what I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to say. In Fast Ten, right? We're given to understand that Kurt Russell's character is missing, which is why Paul Blart is in charge of the global globalist government, right? Like, but, but they so, never answer what happened to him right, in this movie. So in this movie, right? In the start of this movie, right? Uh, John Cena crashes the plane. Wait, wait. wait. That, we should first introduce that this is the John Cena movie. Yes, okay, sorry. This okay, is the John yeah. Cena movie. Okay, right? The catalyst for this film, right? The way that this movie starts, right? Which I think, uh, Joey, you're, you're trying to get to, right? Mm. Is that um, the movie starts with the reveal that, uh, you know, Kurt Russell is in the franchise and he has been kidnapped, uh, presumably. Yes. Uh, and b- boom, big reveal is that Dom has a secret brother, which is like the main focus of the movie. He is played by none other than... <laughs> Thank you, Joe. <laughs> no problem. Oh. Yeah, so this, it's, this meme was really big in, t- in 2016. It's a long clip, huh? It is a, lo- is a long clip, yeah. But, uh, maybe we should start at the beginning of the movie, because, no, because the movie actually opens up with a, like, a flashback scene. I'm now assuming that every single Fast and Furious movie begins with a flashback. But anyway, right, the thing about the Kurt Russell thing that I wanted to say, right, is he is, like, the whole, the the precipitating events of this movie are that, like, they get a, uh, a transmission, like, uh, they get a, a FaceTime video message from Kurt Russell saying that a rogue agent, who you will discover, like, immediately is John Cena, John right, Cena. um, has, right, John like, Cena. yeah, 
J- sorry. What? Yes. <laughs> there you go. Thank sorry. you. Thank you. Um, yeah, so he has... That's just really yeah, still going. <laughs> So, so he has hijacked the plane that uh, that Kurt Russell is on, uh, and it lands in some um, like Central American country run by a military dictatorship, right? And they need to go rescue him, right? Except that, so like the assumption is that like they're going to go rescue Kurt Russell. Except when they get there, Kurt Russell's not there, and he never shows <laughs> never up. shows up. They never answer. They never what happened. Yeah. Like, at by the end of the movie, like, obviously, John Cena and all his goons are dealt with and disbanded. Kurt Russell's still not shown up. Not there, not present, not in any way, not a hostage. captured, presumably. Yeah. Like, like, just, just not there, not involved, not extant. So, the movie, like, immediately, like, raises the question of what happened to Kurt Russell, and not only, apparently doesn't address it in this movie but now we already know that in the next movie nobody knows it's also not interesting <laughs> yeah because they, yeah, then they still don't have an answer there's still no answer he's just not around anymore yeah it's um, baffling honestly and i, I do want to say though while we're talking about the opening of the film so it's it does start with that flashback and they do have a different they did not digitally de-age vin diesel yes i actually wanted to talk about this I, they do have actors like portraying the younger versions of these characters what's interesting is that so i was we you know i i watched this on um you know amazon prime where they have like the x-ray thing where when you pause it it'll give you the, the yeah did, so stuff. so did vin diesel and john cena adr their voices i don't think so okay i was i was not sure because i was watching this i was very impressed that uh vin diesel had allowed like a younger actor to come in and portray well, here's the thing i think this is why the younger yeah. actor's name is Vinny Bennett. Oh, okay. So I think they ought to open cast and call for Vins. <laughs> People named Vin, okay. Right, because I think that is a prerequisite, right? Uh, is that you have to, like, feel... That's part of the fastsona, right? I did I did actually really, like, since we're talking about it, I did really want to give kudos to this film. Like, the, the younger actors that they chose for Vin Diesel and John Cena, oh, the younger phenomenal. Actors- the like, younger actors are very good, and not only that. One thing which is really interesting is when I looked at this um this, this YouTube video of like how to live like Dominic Toretto, and it had like uh-huh. you know um clips from like the original Fast and Furious, which I have not seen in years and don't remember anything about. Uh-huh. I forgot the way that Vin Diesel looked in two thousand and one. Or oh, does he look like movie. like this actor? The the act he looked closer to the actor. Like you can see a trace of progression from Vinnie Bennett to early two thousands Vin Diesel to Vin Diesel today. Okay, like that's it, awesome. Yeah. It does actually track that. Like actually, younger Vin Diesel looks closer to that guy uh, and, th- than and, he does now. And I really wanted like I was watching this, and one of the notes that I wrote down was was like I miss when they would cast a younger actor as a younger version of this character instead of de-aging them because it gives the younger actor a, a chance to like really shine in that role uh and these guys do like the 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 their their younger versions do a phenomenal job not only of acting like younger versions of the same characters but of like like acting like the actors would portray younger versions of those characters uh they do a great job like i was genuinely very impressed and there are multiple flashbacks throughout this film to like their youth 
um, and their interactions, because it has to, like, it's introducing in this movie the idea that Dominic has a brother, right? Like, this is not a pre-established idea, it's it's a fresh introduction to the idea that this character has been, like, a bro- uh, his brother the whole time, so it has to do a bunch of, like, establishing flashbacks. And the opening of the movie is, again, like a, a racetrack scene in which I think my my first note was immediately fade into cars, and my second note was their dad's about to die. Um, my, I, I noted that this is the plot of Cars 3. Oh, I also, I think my, my fourth note is uh, he's so fast, like Lightning McQueen. And then I noted that the, the asshole racer who, like, shows absolutely no sympathy for the fact that, like, their dad fucking dies is just Chick Hicks. Yeah. Right? Like, the, uh, it's just Chick Hicks. He kachigas his way through the movie. He's yes. like, I am not coming in behind you again, old man. Which is a fun little Cars reference for you Cars heads from Disney Pixar's Cars. This is the plot of, I and I haven't seen Cars 3, but this is also the plot of Cars. Well, like, I would also is- point out that Cars is also based on the true story of the Hudson Hornet somewhat. So, like, there's, like, foundation in this. But I do think that um, Vin Diesel tells the story of his father dying on the racetrack in an earlier film. It might even be oh, the really? first one, because I just have a memory of that being discussed uh, at some time. So I think that might be from the first one. Um, so this is the first time, I guess, that they show it. And they, you know, w- once again, like, you know, the insertion of, um, you know, the... Uh, Dante character, uh, yeah. Jason Momoa in Fast 10, they're flashing back to events that we already know took place, but inserting another character yeah. into it who is now the, the villain. And actually, while we're talking, though, about, um, you know, I, I mean, before we get into uh, Pixar's cars and, and kind of veering out of yeah. it, I would like to just spend a little bit more time talking about things that are positives and things that we appreciate about the movie, because for me, it's not a long list, but I do have to give credit where it's due. And I, sure. I want to make sure, because I did not care for this film but there are a few things that i thought um were done very well which i wanted to comment on i i mean can i can i just say i i think every time the younger actors are on screen i'm impressed by them and especially like this opening scene as a way of establishing like the existence of this character and also like what their dynamic was in their family and what their roles were in like this, this family defining tragedy. Like, I think it's actually like as starts to films go, like it's pretty good. I don't think the movie pays it off. Like it doesn't, it doesn't carry through the emotional weight of the opening scene. But like, yeah, there's it, barely any interaction really between um yeah Vin Diesel well, and, and John Cena. I, which, I have like, a lot, I have a lot to say about that. But yeah, like, like they, but but anyway, wait, 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 hold on. But we're but getting the, into but the opening again. scene. No, but I'm saying, but but the opening scene is is genuinely like I think pulled off very well. Yeah. Well, so while we're talking about positives, I just I ha- do have to give a shout out to uh, Justin Lin, who directed the movie. I mean, not a shout out, but just acknowledge mm. that uh, I actually do think that he is a very uh, good director. I think that he has like an eye for how to make uh, environments pop. Uh, he has an eye for like color and like uh, depth and stuff. There's a scene in um, London, uh, like inside a mansion, and it looks like it, it would fit right in with like Mission Impossible or John Wick. Like he mm-hmm. is cinematographically right. Wow. Like, do you want to? Hey, you want to take another run at that word? Maybe. No, I think I nailed it. <laughs> okay. Um, but he is like you know he is making like an espionage film. Um, and I, I did want to just go to his his filmography. So he made um. Fast and Furious, Fast Five, Fast and Furious mm-hmm. Six, 
Um, you know, he did take a break from the franchise to do Star Trek Beyond, which um isn't the best Star Trek film, but uh but it's also far from the worst Star Trek film. Like true, pr- pretty true. far. Uh, but it also it's a it's a visually very you know well put together film at least yeah. um you know like the story has some ups and downs but like you know visually there's a lot of striking color and and action set pieces and stuff and he he knows what he's doing um and and you can tell that this is um his kind of like like visually at least right like action wise that he is in his element here um, cause he has, he has directed, um, you know, like a ton of these Fast and Furious movies. So it, it but it, in that way, it does almost feel like kind of paint by numbers where he's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll just crank out a good action sequence. Uh, but like credit where it's due. I mean, like Fast 10 looks a lot more like a modern assembly line CGI green screen kind of film. And this one looks a lot more like there was effort put into it to actually be a visually striking espionage thriller. It doesn't live up to it in the writing department, nope. but the directing is good. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to point out when I looked up Justin Lin's filmography uh, is that he did direct uh, Modern Warfare uh, from Community. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, no, the, uh, nice. the 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 original paintball episode was Justin Lin. Very cool. All right, so big props. Yeah, yeah. So like he's a he's a very competent action director. So like, you know, credit to him on that. And the other thing that I uh, had to say that I I thought was good is that I felt like the music was much better this time around. Um, you know, it is still not my genre, but the music never took me out of it. It felt um, like whenever there was a needle drop that I was actually getting into the location, it didn't clash. So rather than That's it being fair. an assault yeah. on the senses, when there was like a piece of music to accompany a location, even if it wasn't my taste in music, I was like, yeah, this feels like it fits. I can get into this. You know, I'm not really into like rap music, but when a, a rap song dropped, I was like, you know what? I can tell that this is higher quality rap than the no, rap no, that right. was in Fast 10. It, it, it's a fair point, right? Because in Fast 10, the, the shitty needle drops that just come one right after the other right after the other are like jarring. They're, they're breaking your immersion because every time it happens, you're like, what is happening? Why is this happening to me? Right? Like, it goes into like the again like we were complaining i think we talked about fast 10 that it's edited like a trailer and the music in that movie is very much like a trailer right like there's constantly needle dropping exactly right like in this movie you're right like the the music like is not my taste in music but it does seem to be more sort of in service of the movie right like it is it is part of the movie right as opposed to like a like a cover track that keeps like breaking you out of what's actually happening in the film yeah, like there's a scene where they uh start doing an NWA song um and rather than be distracted by like, oh, I know the musician or oh, I recognize the song or whatever, I was actually like, oh, this is enhancing the focus of the scene which is on like, you know, these guys like doing work on cars and stuff and like that's how it's I, I shouldn't have to say that, but that is how yeah. a needle drop in a movie is supposed to work. Yeah. I, again, coming from having only seen Fast 10, which was, I think, a a, a much less competently made, but much more enjoyable much film. Much more enjoyable film. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as of, as of that point, um, oh, okay, I have one more positive thing sure. to say. And then we're done. We're done sure. with positive stuff. So well, I, I might, have, up, I'm, I up, might have some positives to say, but, uh, you know, you go ahead. I got one more positive that I made a note to bring up, which is that the the bit where it is revealed that Ramsey does not actually know how to drive, I thought was funny. That's true. Uh, I uh, some uh, I will say eyebrow raising sexism 
um, in, in, in a little bit of that scene. But... Oh, really? I thought it was xenophobia. I thought it was because she was British. Oh, I mean, maybe that's it. That because there be... are a lot of female characters who do know how to drive. That's true. Uh, but, well, you know... again, as we talked about, I think, in Fast 10, there are some female characters who know how to drive, like Helen Mirren's character, who is British and a woman, can drive. That's true, uh, she does. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez say... is never driving for very long before Vin Diesel has to save her. Like, it, there is a scene in which she is thrown off of her bike, so he catches her with his, the... By like, hitting the, her the, with the, his car. <laughs> he catches her with the hood of his car, which I did write in all caps. He caught her with his car in my notes. Um, but yeah, so I, I thought that was maybe... I, may, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is was just literally. But yeah, it was, I will say um entertaining and i also do think it was like a uh a, a somewhat um the it was maybe the first time in one of these and you know again we're, we've only seen the most recent ones but it was the first time in like one of these movies where i got the sense that vin diesel was like the patriarch of a group of people who look up to him rather than just like the dude who these people happen to follow around right because he's like in the middle of his like car chase uh, or no, he's like chasing John Cena over rooftops and also walking her through how to operate a vehicle over like their their walkie talkies or whatever, right? And then like I, like so th that was that was like a, a, a an interestingly um, uh, uh, well done. Um, I want to say um, like I think John Cena I have enjoyed in sorry. what I uh, sorry uh, I think John Cena. John Cena. There you go. <laughs> We're contractually, contractually obligated to, to get these in here. Yeah, we have to make sure. Um, wow, it's still going. We we paid, paid a lot of money for this MP3, so that's that's <laughs> not true. <laughs> but we have to get our money's worth. Um, uh, yeah, that was, I, okay. I actually I have thoughts about John Cena. Well, well, I was gonna say I think he was criminally underutilized in yeah, this no, film. They, but also they and this this is my main thing about the movie. It is utterly joyless. There yes. is no fun allowed in this movie. Yes. And what's so funny about this is that that is not the vibe I got from the from Fast 10. In yes. Fast 10, when John Cena shows up, he's like, what's up, it's me, John Cena! Yeah. And, like, it's so fun, and, like, you know... It, it, yeah, he's... I, again, I was gonna say, I have loved John Cena in pretty much everything I've seen him in, including Fast 10. Like, he's excellent he's in Fast so 10. He's so likable and, and fun in that movie. In this one, he, like, is just stern, has, like, five lines, and, by the way, he... <laughs> I thought that he was gonna have some kind of, like, change of heart. Um, oh, no, back, yeah, stop! Stop, we can't we can't talk about that yet because I have an extensive thing to talk about with that. Hold on. No, 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 no. We don't talk about that yet. I there is so much I have to say about that, right. Zachary. Um right, sure. but yeah. Uh, yeah, no, John Cena just he doesn't really have much to do in this movie. Um, you know, he he like he barely has lines, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so so the sense that I got was, um, do you know how, uh, I think you, you told me this, and we may have discussed this on a previous episode, like that reportedly Vin Diesel is mad at Jason Momoa for stealing his spotlight in uh, Fast 10. Sure, um, yeah. Right? So, like, I got the sense that, like, maybe John Cena got a bunch of notes, like, hey, listen, I know you're, like... A very charismatic big man but vin diesel gets really huffy if like people uh, as anybody is liked better than him in his movies no i so think i think it's i think it's something else i think 
Okay, so one thing which is very important to note about this movie mm. is, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first movie since The Rock left. Ah, uh, okay. So I believe that they ha- invented this character to replace The Rock. And I believe they specifically, this is just my conspiracy mm. theory, tinfoil hat on, yeah. I think because The Rock started his action movie career having no fun at all whatsoever. Yeah. And then decided to have more fun with it. But at the yes. beginning, he was really dramatic and serious, right? Yeah. Man, a the, few words like, you know, we're gonna... The the fucking god-awful second G.I. Joe movie. Or his yeah, exactly. Case in point. And so I think that specifically the direction that John Cena was given was, you're gonna be the serious wrestler turned actor in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that what happened with the next one is that John Cena at that point had had a lot more time to just kind of flex his comedic talent in yeah. a lot more projects. And so by that point, he was like, if I'm going to be in this movie, I'm going to do it fun. Yeah, I don't know if this was John Cena's first, like, major film role. Oh, no, it for sure wasn't, but I think that they specifically cast him in that Right, I understand what you're saying, but, like, by the time, uh, by Fast 10, he's already, he's established himself as more of a... A comedic uh, actor, Yeah, right? Like, he's not doing serious roles ever right like yeah. john cena pivoted hard into just doing comedy so i think by that point to yeah, still n- get no, movie, nobody like, has cast john cena as like a, a serious like like a like the straight guy in any kind of like you know uh, uh any kind of uh role right and i think it's obvious in this movie that his heart is not in it yeah. um i don't think he enjoys playing the serious role i think that's the role he was cast to do but i think he wanted to have more fun with the ridiculousness of this franchise and i yeah. think that in the next one when he gets to be the fun uncle who yeah. flies a kayak sized rocket ship powered by in-flight bottles of smirnoff yeah that like he gets that opportunity yeah but yeah no i think because in this one they have him do some things that he could have had fun with right but it's almost like he was told not to, right? Like, there are, like, like passing glances at, like, his, um... Uh, I don't know, like, in the, the... There are multiple scenes where he's, like, um... Playing the role, like, like a villainous role that would have potential for some humor in it, right? Where he's, like... Um, but the, the problem is that he's been cast along, he's been cast in the serious role and he's been cast alongside this, like the character who's like, I think the casting call was like spoiled prick, like the, the, who's supposed to be like the comedic character alongside John Cena, which, and he's not good at it right like no. he's very bad at it so what you end up with is uh an actor that we know is capable of being very funny not allowed to be funny and an actor who's terrible at being funny trying to throw that to role alongside john cena so it doesn't make for an enjoyable watch and like their their duality as he's his like um like like uh financial backer essentially right, right? but so then the twist if we can talk about the ending for a moment sure they didn't want that comedic bad guy to be the main bad guy who betrays john cena yeah and now he's the main threat I don't even remember this guy's name. Yeah, I don't know this guy's name. He's supposed to be like the son of a dictator or somebody, right? Or some right? diplomat or, or something. And right? apparently, Charlize Theron's character is like the actual main overarching villain of the whole fucking franchise. Right, exactly. so... but, no, but I love... The... Okay, so first of all, let's talk about Charlize Theron's character for a moment. Sure, yes. Um, 
See, okay, the only thing I knew about the, one of the things that I knew about this franchise going in is that at a certain point, Charlie Theron wears dreadlocks, which is let's say questionable. Questionable eyebrow raising at yeah. best. Yeah. Questionable at best. Oh, um, her. I think I do have a note about her hair. <laughs> her hair in this one is like um, Rowley from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. <laughs> The, the, shittiest, the ugliest ass the bowl, cut. bowl cut that I've ever seen. <laughs> and what's great about this is that they, um, okay, they so put the, her they, in the magneto like plastic. No, not even cage. that. They put her in the glass prison from 2012. This is the year of our Lord 2021 when this yes. comes out, and they're still doing the glass prison thing from Skyfall and Avengers. Yes, but, like there was the big year for glass prison scenes in action movies, and yes. that was. Almost a decade ago at this point. Yeah. And they're still fucking doing it. And then she just like at some point is like, yeah, I'll join you. And, uh, and, and they're just fine with that. And then they let her run everything. Yeah, well, no, no, no. Hold on. That's the twist, isn't it? Right? Like, like. Yeah, but she... they never explain why. Right. Well, yes. But the twist is that she has like, uh, well, no, 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 no. So I think what happens is she could, there's a scene uh, an extended sequence where they talk about oh, yes. Star Wars. Are we talking I'll, about Star Wars? Which I'll come back to. <laughs> because, I yeah, so uh, the problem, uh, as I, I believe I remarked to Zachary, was the problem with having extended sequence where they talk about Star Wars in this movie is that I'm reminded that I'm wasting my life minutes to watch this movie when I could be watching a Star Wars movie. Well, my favorite, my favorite thing about this is that the scene plays out like the actor got distracted thinking about <laughs> yes! Star Wars. He, he walks into his... <laughs> Talking about Wait, he walks into his secret villain headquarters, right? And he yells at his henchmen, and he's like, all right, everybody, listen up. We need guns. We need ammo. We need bombs. We need trucks. We need planes. We need even X-Wings. In fact, the Millennium Falcon. You know what? Let's add the Death Star in there. Chewbacca, right? <laughs> just like right? listing Star Wars. And then he wanders over to like Charlize Theron and she has this like obnoxious meta line where she's like, isn't this the part in the movie where the villain is, right? And then the funniest thing about, so I hate when characters talk about, like this in movies where yes. like, this is the part in the movie where like whatever. Yeah. The only character who has ever pulled this off is Shrek, right? When he says <laughs> the part where you yes. run away. Yes, that's true, yes. But and then he's like, no, this I'm actually I think I'm Luke Skywalker, yeah. Right? And he just keeps going, and right. he's like, do you like Chewbacca? And he just like starts basically. Yeah. This this comes across like um you know, like your socially awkward friend at a party hitting it's, on this girl by just like, so do you like Star Wars? It's a bizarre scene, and like, but honestly. I would, I like, really appreciate it if this was a service that every movie provided, where if, like, partway through the movie, they take a break to compare what's currently happening to Star Wars, <laughs> so that, just to make sure, like, especially if it's a very bad movie like this one, just to make sure that you can follow along with what's going on. The scene, by the way, is not short. It goes on for a while. <laughs> it, is, it is an extended sequence where they talk about Star Wars. You think Wars. that this is the director's cut? Like, I, this was not listed in the director's cut, so I assume that in the theater <laughs> this they is don't like theater. a three solid minute break well, to just talk about Star Wars. I did write down I said between this and there's like, there are I'm going to start tracking 
Star Wars references, but you had the TIE Fighter uh, sound in Fast in the next 10, one, right? right? And then you had, like, a bunch of, like, Wilhelm screams as guys are thrown from the, like, as as bad guy right. goons are thrown, like, and, and are missing their shots. Not, not from Star Wars, but definitely heavily associated with yes, Star Wars. Yes, heavily, right? Wars and you had this whole scene, and I was like, I wonder if Vin Diesel is a, a huge fucking Star Wars fan. Like, I wonder if that's part of what's going on. Um, so I, also, what- I want to talk also um, about just some of the things about what this movie this isn't just a, a movie so let, let, we can continue talking about the movie in a moment but as we, we we've gone think- very far afield from what we were I think trying to talk about which was the the like villain dynamic um, but right, right. Uh, we were we were going to then bring it back to uh, John Cena right um, John Cena <laughs> Thank you. I'm keeping that pause in, by the way. <laughs> that was me scrambling for the fucking button. <laughs> okay. Um. But yeah. Uh. There's a bit. Speaking of Star Wars, right? Um. There's a bit in a podcast I really like. Um. The Weekly Planet, which is uh you know hosted by uh you know James uh, Clement and, and Nick Mason. Um. And. They, um, there was one where they were going over the Star Wars Infinities comic, which were, like, alternate universe stories. It's, like, a, a, a bunch of, like, AU comics. Yeah, it's, like, a what-if kind of story. So, this one, like, yeah. Luke has died, and, and so Darth Vader's trying to kill Princess Leia, and he gets, like, shot in the back, and as he's dying, he's like, I'm, I'm sorry, Leia, I, I, and, um, you know, the, the hosts of Weekly Planet are reading this comic, and, um, Mason just goes... He's not sorry he was a bad bloke. He's sorry he got caught. Because, <laughs> like, okay. he lays there dying, right? And is like, oh, I repent. And he, like, you know, goes to the light side of the force or whatever. And it's like, but you didn't you didn't do anything, right? You didn't earn... The- so, like, John Cena, his That's true. Gets, in, like- in actual Star Wars, right, the reason that Darth Vader, right, is granted, like, like uh, forgiveness, right, you can debate this for a long time, but the reason he's granted forgiveness is because he actually does turn to the light side while still alive and fucking kill the Emperor, right? Like, know, th- that Darth Vader has effectively won, right? His side has won, and he realizes that he, he has an opportunity to come back to the light, Right, uh, stand by his family, Joey. Uh, yeah, sorry, family. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and you know, and and right, and uh, begin to make right the wrongs that he has done in his life. Right, he, uh, he uh, takes a step to actually fulfill his destiny. Right, and, and sacrifices and, himself. He chooses yeah. to die. Yeah, right. To oh. just be like, to just like be killed, and then be like, oops. <laughs> Like, that, yeah. that is, like, yeah, that's a shitty John win. Cena, the whole movie, we should also explain what the MacGuffin is. Um, John Cena, the, basically the whole movie, very simple plot, John Cena stole a magic egg that uh, can control everything. This and control all technology. This is, yeah, this is gonna be, like, spoiler alert, this is another, like, crazy technophobia movie, which I assume just all of them yeah. are. Any device that runs on code is what they say. So if yeah. it, it is programmed, which, it is evil. I have so, I have so many like thoughts i don't think we're going to be able to adequately cover in this episode my thoughts about like the the fast and furious franchise's understanding of technology and computing but uh it is let's just say bonkers 
Um, bad. But uh, yes. But anyway, so so uh, he he steals this magic egg and he's going to use it to you know destroy the world or whatever. And at the last second, the bad guys like actually uh, this chick likes Star Wars, so I'm gonna I'm gonna side with her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she like, she she liked my Star Wars anecdotes, so now I work. Yeah, with so her. I'm actually and you know. To be fair, right? If your bro finds a girl who likes them Star Wars anecdotes, sometimes you just gotta take a back seat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but except uh, she's got that fucking bowl cut, Zachary. I don't know. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but you know what? Everyone has their thing. Uh, so the German guy is the silly, the silly little guy is like, actually, I'm the main bad guy now. Fuck you, John Cena. And I'm gonna use the egg. And then John Cena's like. All right, I guess I'll stop you because I'm mad. Yeah. Then, like, so this is okay. Good. So we're gonna talk good about job, this. John Cena. John Cena doesn't have a change of heart. I he and he doesn't by the end. This, of this is what movie, I mean. He's not yes. sorry. He was a bad bloke. He's sorry. He got caught. Yeah. In this film, I assumed because in the next one, John Cena is like a member of the family and shows up and he's is hanging out with uncle. people. Yeah, he's a silly uncle. I assumed that by the end of this movie, he would have at minimum reconciled with his brother. No, that does no, not, not fucking so. happen. Not in, in this, this case, movie, he does. It didn't he, happen. Yeah, it's a he, total fabrication. John Cena's time. character not only doesn't have a change of heart, but then like he decides to stop like the silly little guy and his plot only because he's been betrayed, not because like he's not he hasn't decided that what he was doing was wrong. He doesn't want somebody else to do it, right? So he helps Vin Diesel and the family stop the the cataclysm from happening, which is except also he doesn't because like what actually happens is they drive a car in space through a satellite and that's what stops it. But like whatever. He like Yeah, he, we'll get to that in a moment. Yo, yeah, well no, we'll talk about that later. But he doesn't have a change of heart and he doesn't contribute meaningfully to their stopping of the like they do a thing where they're like the, the, the other characters are like we can't get to you in time dom and then john cena's like but i can and then he's there and they use they have these like electromagnets which i think vin diesel just thinks magnets are magic like um because they do some whack shit with magnets in this movie that is not how magnets work it's very interesting um but so like then he comes in with his magnets and like helps them now, stop I a truck to, i have to say by the way um joey you have not seen breaking bad um i have not i is okay so what clearly happened here so there's an episode of breaking bad where towards the end um there is incriminating evidence on uh, a laptop that is in um, DEA custody and they can't break in to uh, remove it, but it, the files are going to be analyzed like the next day. So, um, you know, Walter, who is a genius, but also nuts, right? And comes up with some of like the silliest plans, even though they, they're like brilliant, they're also like stupid, right? Mm. He comes up with an idea to um, hide in a truck a giant electromagnet from oh, okay. um, a, a scrapyard, <laughs> right? Park the truck next to the building, turn it on, and it will erase everything that's on the laptop now the thing is much like walt's other plans this is like ridiculous it does work but what it does is it just also destroys the truck and everything in the building yeah right like they have this giant ass magnet that they from this crane that they have jammed in the back of this truck they turn it on it immediately like everything goes wrong it goes haywire because of course because this is like because it's such a stupid idea walter thinks he's so smart but like in his hubris he just like he fails to account for the fact that this is gonna fuck up mm -hmm. right 
Uh, and so the, the truck just, like, rams into the wall, it ruins the truck, it ruins everything in there, and they just have to run and leave the truck, right? Um, so ultimately they do erase the evidence on the laptop, but, uh, you know, so I assume that, uh, whoever was writing this movie saw this scene and was like, huh. Uh, like completely missing the fact that like the point of the scene is that it is like a really dumb fix for this problem the the thing that they're like the bad guys are doing is they are jamming security footage right in this building using electromagnets in the back of a truck the use of this but then, the use of this magnet is the use of these magnets is maybe crazier than the it just turns gravity off yeah like it's actually it's actually crazier i think than the driving the car in space like it's less it's less tied to the reality of physics than the part where they drive the car in space <laughs> like it just does whatever they want they use it for a huge variety of different things at one point they turn the magnet on so that it just pulls like a single plate out of Roman's like this is in what I guess is the director's cutscene where they're like it's it's like Ramsey and Hedge pranking Roman for six minutes right like they turn on the magnet just enough so that only like the plate that he's holding flies across the room but not any of the other metal or sensitive computing equipment in the room like well I also like how there's the whole chase sequence they turn it on and like only it only affects cars yes cars start flying towards them and miraculously nobody's in the, i assume that the body count of this movie is like in the thousands oh no so like yeah be, we'll talk about that like, too but there are tons of dead civilians you see washing machines bursting through apartment windows past like women with strollers yeah i assume that so many people yeah are there is a scene in which uh ramsey turns on the uh electromagnet to pull a car like the ed villain's car through a fucking office <laughs> building <laughs> right into the and pulls it into the truck right and it doesn't which keeps driving yes by the way yeah which is not impacted at all by the impact of this car smashing into it and also everybody in it is alive and fine right like <laughs> it's oh fuck what were we talking about anyway john cena does not and at the end of the end of the movie right they like briefly clasp hands and are like we're cool or but they don't say we're cool vin diesel is just like you should go and so he gets john cena gets in the car and drives away and that's it that's the end of this movie that's where the relationship is at the end of the movie and they have a fucking barbecue with the whole family and john cena is not there so like this is here's the thing this is where i would assume, and we also have something to talk about in terms of that barbecue should, yes oh we'll my god yes that. we do but yes zachary there, this is the part where I would assume that, like, there must be an expanded universe novel that covers the development, like, the redevelopment of their relationship as adult siblings. You might think so. Right. So, uh, I was the one on this podcast who was tasked with discovering the content that exists in this universe and piecing it together in an order for us to progress through. And wouldn't you know, try as I might, I could find no books of any kind. There, there was, like, a Spy Racers activity book. Uh, that's about it. Yeah, so I, obviously this is because most fans of this franchise are illiterate. Um. Now, Joey, <laughs> now, Joey, I think this is for active moviegoers. Oh, <laughs> sure, okay. I, I, I do, Let's, no, I do, I do want to say, I want to say some stuff about, like, this film franchise, and then, like, some stuff but i just want to say like yeah i think books are not at sort of the top of the list of activities for the people most of the people who enjoy these films 
you know, do with that information. Vin Diesel probably does not pick up a book on a not a big a reader. Night and, uh, just you know, leaf through it. Yeah, yeah. Not, probably not the not the biggest maybe reader. maybe audiobooks, but there aren't any of those either. So you know. nope. So you know, but anyway, all of that said, so like at, at the end of this movie, they are not reconciled, and John Cena is like barely any any better than the villain that he was five minutes earlier and then then, but in the next one he's the cool uncle and presumably he's visited a bunch of times because the kid who's now a different race likes (laughs) uh, you know (laughs) hanging out with him i forgot about that oh fuck yeah that happens um but yeah so yeah that's Anyway, we don't understand. Oh, another question which is answered immediately in this film is at the very beginning. Uh-huh. Um, the, uh, I think Roman uh, or Tej uh, or Ramsey, one of the three people who shows up in a car. Yeah. Right? Because the other characters just show up in, like, uh, an SUV and are like, uh, Dom, Letty, they're, like, living on a farm with their kid. Um, one of the three of them. Mm. Uh it's just it's kind of a, a, a mosh of, of characters vomiting exposition in the sequence but one of them mentions that cypher killed the mother of dom's child yes and i now, was like oh wait is michelle rodriguez not so, the mom because i didn't i guess she's the stepmother and the cop lady whose sister is daniela melchior who because remember she said she has a sister the the street right. from brazil yes mentions that the kid is her nephew oh you're right Right. fuck you're right that explains but, it oh yeah the, she's like oh my my nephew right and there's a picture of her dead sister who's who's a cop okay right? that um, makes a lot more sense okay so that mystery has been solved okay yeah that's a good point right so so yeah michelle rodriguez now what is and then I, you know i think that is kind of nice that in the next one the kid calls michelle rodriguez mom even though she's not his biological mother because yeah sure presumably that's very she nice does raise him from you know being an yeah adult. so you know no complaints there it's just not something that we knew well yeah and again this is one of the effects of watching these movies in reverse is that we will miss certain things like that uh, and then but then we will figure it out yeah. right we are the world's greatest detective exactly <laughs> I want to take a break from talking about this as a as a movie for a moment uh-huh. and talk about this as a cultural turning point. Okay, expand, elaborate on it. You see, <laughs> yeah. this movie was supposed to come out in 2020. Okay. It was delayed to 2021. All right, I, I, I was, not, was not aware of that, but okay. Well, you know, reasons that I think, um, you know, we all know. Uh-huh. You sure, yeah. Kind of, something, something happened in, these, in 2020. You know, in in those trying times. Uh-huh. In those unprecedented times. Unprecedented times, yeah, sure. Right, they did delay the film. Um, So, on the red carpet for the movie, there was a lot of talk about, you know, there's a crisis, things are going on, this movie is a return to normalcy. Um, now, the, the crisis that they were talking about, Ludacris alludes to streaming is at an all-time high. <laughs> Wait. I think that, Wait. I don't know if they know that that, was, the, or that was not the problem, actually. Um, oh, but, I totally missed this whole angle of the movie, because I was not, like, fa- I did, was not aware of that particular Well, so I, I did a little bit trivia. of digging. Okay. Um, so they released a special promotional video. Right? Which they CGI masks about... onto everybody in the movie. 
they released a special promotional video for the release of this movie um which you know i won't play for you but just vin diesel has a little little monologue here mm. um you know in this in this movie in, in this uh sorry this clip uh that's promoting the movie when he says it's been a while the roads were a little emptier places where we used to gather went quiet we've gone through a year that tested us but we're starting to see the promise of a new day for more than a hundred years there's one place where we all came together to be entertained oh no to to go someplace new oh no the movies oh no there's nothing like that moment when the lights go down, oh, no. the projector ignites, the and we believe. <laughs> Joey, I checked the dates. This promotional video uh-huh. before Fnine aired five months before the Nicole oh, Kidman AMC ad. Oh, which fuck. means that we owe Binny D's. Oh my god. So you're telling that me. That little bit. That somebody was watching oh. Vin Diesel's like lecture on the importance of movie theaters ab- as a result of COVID, and was like, "Man, this would be so good if we could get Nicole Kidman to say this before every Nicole fucking Kidman movie <laughs> for the rest of the rest of time. time." Nicole Kidman is gonna quote Vin Diesel to everybody who sees a movie. So, so that is one half of this. <laughs> That is one half of this, that I was looking at, like, what was the promotion for this movie like? That was one thing I found. The other thing I found in terms of this being a cultural moment, Uh this film, right, um, was... Okay, so we have often alluded to the sexism inherent in this film, or in this film franchise, Mm. rather. And I don't know if you noticed, there were not close-up shots of butts this time around. There was one scene... Hold on, there was one scene with close-up shots of butts. No, there was just general, like women dancing with butt movement but there was sure, not like okay. the the anime angle of the butt <laughs> in the sure? sole focus of the camera um which there was in the first one that i remember and I, that is also in the 10th one mm. um but so apparently the reason why mm. um th- this is a slight spoiler that i i found out uh but it, you, you've already gotten the spoiler um, the reason why Vin Diesel had another love interest to begin with is that at a certain point, Michelle Rodriguez was like, yo, this franchise hella sexist, I'm out. Uh-huh. Um, and they brought her back with a promise of kind of correcting their ways. Okay. And apparently there was a big push behind, Nine is going to center the women of this franchise. It, it fucking doesn't. Are you, <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait. So there was a big thing about this is the movie that really gives the women of the Fast franchise the time to shine. And there's this promotional video. It fucking now, Joe, you does do not it. watch The Boys. The Boys takes the piss out of stuff like this. The Boys has like a whole season arc making fun of like corporations doing this kind of stuff and, in, uh, in movies. There is but, like a, I mean, like talking about like centering women, like there is like an extended sequence in which Ludacris like condescends to Ramsey because she's a millennial, I think. Like, <laughs> right, but I think that's because she's young, not because she's a sure. Woman. But like, you are um, like, though, that's like, th- there's like a couple of scenes in which like she's the main focus, and one is the one in which she can't drive, and the other is the one in which she's too young to know what a fax machine right. is. But I, I want to go <laughs> right. down the list of female characters who are centered in this film in this promotional sure. video about now we're giving it because i want to talk about some of them as they as they come up all right right uh obviously we've talked about cypher right um yeah. who's um charlie's you know, there and yeah. a rock and bowl cut in this picture <laughs> so here so bad yeah um 
another one in this graphic is Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, and of course his sister Mia um, and Ramsey. We've talked about right. Um, another one of the women uh, in this featurette is Helen Mirren. Now I want to talk about Helen oh, Mirren's. Okay, yes, I do want to talk about. It. So, oh, so some revelations. I have a question. Oh, okay. I have a question. Do the Shaws, the various Shaws that exist, uh-huh. want to kill Dominic Toretto because he fucked their mother? <laughs> I don't think... I... Because what the fuck is going on in this franchise? Okay, yeah. Every time that Vin Diesel and Helen Mirren are on screen together, he, they're, like, giving each other eyes and, like, cuddling. That's true. And, like, like, I'm like, what is... What is... What is there is here? Their dynamic is is fascinating. I'll give you that. The Okay. I don't know what their relationship so is. In Fast it's just 10, so steamy and sexual. In Fast 10, right, the, in the brief scene in which Helen Mirren appears, right, like, I think, Zachary, you said, like, she's an MI6 agent. Turns out she's a thief, like everybody. She's an arms dealer. She's, an, a th- and jewel she's thief. an arms dealer slash jewel thief, like, I guess, everybody else in these movies. Um, And she also mentions her sons which kind of clarifies a little bit the the like jason state the relationship between the shawls yeah so there's there's multiple like jason statham and his brother the one who was killed in the ride um right and this is something which i don't think that we quite capitalized on in our initial bit about the different shaws which is that we didn't realize that the bit with the shaws is that they're hella british but yes like everything about them is like you americans you yanks that's true you, uh, yeah so they definitely yankee doodles yeah so they're definitely fucking like is a bunch of like regeneration stuff that we should have talked about in that bit. right like right. can matt smith be a shaw Fuck. right like you know Fuck, i would kill for oh my god Oh my Imagine Matt Smith in this franchise as a shot. He would, he would be great. Or fucking Christopher Eccleston would be oh, a Christopher Eccleston. Oh, after seeing Christopher Eccleston in G.I. Joe, he would fit. I right know, in right? In He'd be franchise. such an amazing Shaw. Okay. Okay, yeah. So basically, yeah, we didn't know that. So apparently that- I mean, we did get pretty close to Helen Mirren in casting um uh I don't remember. Who did you say? I'm blanking on her name. We're going to cut this out. Hold on. I know. Hold on. Movie that she's been in. Hold on. Hold on. Which in into the woods. <laughs> Meryl Streep. <laughs> I guess we do have to keep that in. the name of the devil wears prada i like what's the anne hathaway uh fashion movie <laughs> so I, was, I had to go there and then i was like nope i have to go this further back so this podcast is a complete disaster
This episode is so far off the rails. I thought that we like tanked it with spy races. Oh my god! This this episode is gonna be unlistenable. <laughs> I said, "What's crazy is we're like an hour and a half into recording, and I still have so much that we haven't talked about yet. We haven't talked about shit." Yeah. Okay. Basically, we didn't fully capitalize on our Shaw regenerating bit, and apparently, we could have, but like. But also, apparently, we don't remember actors. <laughs> so, it, so it doesn't really... It's probably best that we uh, we didn't... Um... <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, I want to... I guess we should... And then, wait. And then th- hold on. There are two other women in this... In this oh, yeah. So I f- forgot what we were doing. Okay. One of them, um, Han's adoptive daughter. Yes. Oh. She has maybe, like, two lines. Basically, her, her genetic... She's the only one that can hold the magic egg. Because her parents... <laughs> Can you find my egg? <laughs> her parents <laughs> made the egg. Her parents so she... made. Her parents laid the magic egg, so only she can oh, unlock so only it. she can touch the magic egg to turn on. And yeah. then the other woman here, apparently, they made a big deal about her being in this before the movie. She's in like two scenes. One of them is exclusive to the director's cut. Is uh. Cardi B? Oh fuck! That's who that was. Okay. Yes. Cardi B, best known for covering Ben Shapiro's smash hit, Wet Ass (laughs) P-Word. Okay. (laughs) She just shows up. Is that what she's best known for? I think she's best known for WAP, yeah. Okay, fine. Name name Uh, another Cardi B song, Joey. Sorry, you're right. Uh, We we said that Helen Mirren was a jewel thief slash arms dealer. We neglected to mention that she runs an all-female crime family of arms dealers slash jewel thieves, and Cardi B is her, like, right-hand woman. And and also potentially weird, like, sex cult, because all those women are wearing, like, all white and just boogieing down, presumably on drugs outside of a mansion. And I say presumably on drugs because I can't discern any sort of, like source of diet like diegetic music or any reason why they would be in the driveway it's a a weird cult for sure they're Um, like all dancing in slow motion like they're on molly and like back up for a minute like it is like a a weird cult thing back up for a minute cardi b is playing a character right yeah she she is not herself she is not herself uh, so in is the she pro- a character in, in, in previous in, movies? No, in the description uh, for this move for this video, it well because Vin Diesel deal. is like, how's it going, Cardi B? <laughs> right, like he knows her. Well, hold on. So this was a thing in the promotion. It says F Nine also features Grammy-winning superstar Cardi B as new franchise character Lisa, a woman with a connection to Dom's past, and a cameo by reggaeton sensation Azuna. I don't know. I don't know who Azuna even is. What that means? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sure. So her fine. So her like connection to him is unspecified, right? It's just so that she is another like I've been here the whole time type. Right. Okay. So it's just so that Vin Diesel didn't have to pretend to not recognize her. Right. He could take a break from acting for a few minutes. Right. Right. Like. Okay. Well, you think they should have done the Scooby Doo thing? Like, what is Cardi? International pop sensation Cardi B. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you here? doing yeah. here? <laughs> well, for a moment, I was really confused because you're right. They do. He does just like he does just like react like, "Hey, it's you," right? With like not in any way specifying what their relationship oh my might God, be. It's Cardi B. <laughs> yeah, and she's you know he just like, turns to the camera, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome to the franchise, please international superstar Cardi B. Yeah. 
now we're now we'll take a take a short break uh off for a musical inter intermission <laughs> for a performance by cardiovascular bronchitis <laughs> <laughs> you good oh jesus yeah all right okay so those are the women who are supposedly centered in this movie okay uh they're not yeah. just to be clear oh shit uh, i have in my notes what the german bad guy's name is and it is Otto. o-t-t-o <laughs> <laughs> phenomenal Oh, right, well, that's, that can't be your fast sona then. Yeah, no, <laughs> someone's already taken it. Yeah, right, well, we are both cheetah nachos or whatever the fuck <laughs> it was. Cheetah rapids. Cheetah rapids. Again, I feel really strongly, though, about, um, <laughs> like, Duke Nitro. Uh, <laughs> I think that's pretty good. Although, Mac McIntyre, I was very we proud of. can't release this episode. It's unlistenable. <laughs> Oh, dude, just, as we descend further into madness, these episodes are only going to get worse and worse. You know this that, is right? not salvageable. Okay, um, let's talk about... I'm going to take a minute now to talk about one of the craziest things in this movie. So last episode, Zachary, you told me that apparently Paul Walker's character, whose name is, I guess, Brian, yes. um, is apparently still alive in the franchise and married to his sister, uh, whose name no, hold is on. Mia. He's not married to his sister. He's married <laughs> to Sonic Toretto's sister. Right. Who's married to Vin Diesel's sister. There's yeah. a big difference there, You're bro. Right. Yes. Right? So, yeah, okay. We know, and so, hold on. We know this franchise is all about family. But, like... It's not, not, that, that, not, that, not that kind of family. Yeah. Okay. But, so... And I was like, well, that can't possibly be the case. But I guess we'll find out as we get, you know, further back in the franchise. Immediately in this movie, it is abundantly clear that, like, Paul Walker's character is, like fully alive they and take just... every opportunity to mention the fact that he to... is just off screen They're yeah like, so like you know, mention oh, him oh he's good and i uh, by the way um at that point i yelled at the screen he's dead yeah to be and to be like talking on the phone with him but like not right so like and then literally the fucking last shot of this the final shot of the movie the insane movie yeah, and Vin Diesel turns to Mia and is like, "Where is he?" He's like, "There's one empty seat." Yeah, right. And she's like, "He'll be here. He's on his way." And there's a shot of, I guess, his character's like signature blue car rocketing yeah, down a residential car. street at ninety miles an hour and pulling into the driveway. And then the door starts to open and it Cut cuts to black. to black. Right? It's the most insane. It is okay. Like. N no joke it's fucking disres it's so much more disrespectful than cgiing his corpse into these movies no, hold on no, no no i don't think it's more disrespectful but i think it is almost as disrespectful i think that it is a different kind of disrespect because i think that there's something particularly ghoulish about yes. the cgiing if you've seen sure any okay. clips from the ending of the flash movie and all the dead actors that they cgi'd uh wait um, what yeah, dude, it's real bad. It, there's I didn't something know that. particularly okay. revolting about it. Like in a way, sure. it just it 
feels like by ju- just by watching it, you are participating in grave robbing. Right? Sure, fine. Maybe not more so, but this is not this is not a is not respectful a way, to way to retreat to to treat an actor's memory. Like it is not a good because here's the thing: it's not it's not like it's not. It, it fully centers the fact that this character can't be shown in this Cannot movie anymore, right? It makes it the subject of the fucking ending of the movie is that they can't show his character, but he's definitely still here. It's like do you, it's like in the um, no, it's like in in Community when Pierce refuses to look at his mother's body and pretend that she's in a lamp right like sure yes this is closer like to that right yeah it's closer to that we're like it's not exactly uh 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 fuck it i was gonna say tuesdays with morty well we can never do this (laughs) (laughs) it's not exactly it's not exactly breakfast at tiffany's but (laughs) it's not exactly the breakfast club Yeah, it's, not, it's not exactly fight club. It's not any it's of not exactly those things. Food fight. It's not any of those things. But it is uncomfortably. It's like dipping your toe in the water of it, right? It's like, like, ooh, we're like barely seconds away from like, you know, like the next. Because the what they could do, right? Is they're like, it's barely better than like having the showing the back of his head right or like showing oh you know what it is like oh you know what it's exactly like what okay have you read the monkey's paw yes oh god fuck my skin just yes fuck yes it is the ending of the monkey's paw (laughs) it's me zach from the future here to tell you that i'm about to hella spoil the monkey's paw so if you have not uh read the short story the monkey's paw uh joey uh, just talked about how phenomenal it was in the future uh but you know (laughs) i i I just skip ahead like uh, a minute and now i must go back to the future (laughs) (laughs) it is the ending of the monkey's paw where you know that there is a corpse on the other side of that door but they make it go away right before the door opens right where there is an animated corpse on the other side of that door but you can never see it as soon as they open the door the corpse is gone because the the father uses his last wish to to wish that you know to put his son (laughs) to rest right yeah they are not giving Paul Walker's character rests. He's constantly knocking at that door. Exactly. And you can never see him, but you are aware that what is on the other side of that door is a corpse. And the mother is a is a ghoulish puppeted corpse. Right. And the mother, so blinded by grief, cannot accept that what is on the other side of that door is an abomination. But the father has the level headedness to put that body to rest. Yes. Right. That is, and I apologize to anyone who has not read The Monkey's Paw, because, first of all, heavy spoilers, and second of all, heavy spoilers, uncomprehensible. Uh, Monkey's Paw, by the way, like a phenomenal short horror story, like one of the best I've ever read. Um, So, like, sorry for spoiling it. (laughs) Go read it. Um, Spoiler warning for Monkey's Paw. I don't don't know if we'll put that back in. Yeah, well, you'll have to maybe, like, like, do some creative editing there. Hold on, wait, wait, Um, hold on. Hey, well, welcome back to the future, Zachary. Oh, thank you. I... Um... <laughs> uh, 
It's me. It's fucking incomprehensible. None of this will make any sense. But so anyway, yes, you're right. That is exactly what it is. It is deeply uncomfortable. And so, so the thing that like I find... I had heard, like, in passing, that, like, this franchise does a very good job of treating his memory with respect, and that, like, it, that you know, like, it's, in one of the movies, there's, like, a, a send-off dedicated to his memory that, like, handles it well. I am now forced to acknowledge, having only seen, having seen this movie, that there is no way, like, like it's unjustifiable, right? Well, like, I, maybe I think they... that the idea behind the initial send-off was that we were gonna say he's retired, and then just never bring it up again because he's retired but then they were like let's just because he's retired keep alluding to the fact that he's elsewhere and it's it it's just it's so icky and uncomfy yeah i mean it's like essential to the plot of this movie that he be alive and walking around and doing whatever it is because like his like vin diesel's sister is babysitting his kid and then she shows up and is like oh he's with brian oh yeah that's also by the way uh that's also extended cut uh she does not show up in the original cut of the film until when she shows up uh and the kid is mentioned to to be with brian um they just uh, in the theatrical cut apparently just sent him to the dead guy's house okay well also not great (laughs) just it's uncomfortable and i i i thoroughly disapprove of it now i will say say. i will say this is giving me a great idea for some horror short stories right the idea (laughs) of like you know like the the parents dropping their kid off at their family friend's house because they can't accept that he's dead and the kid slowly realizes that he's being babysat by a walking corpse there's something here oh okay well i'm thoroughly spooked uh sorry everybody uh we'll (laughs) cut that out uh you didn't hear what zachary just said but it was no, no, i'm, uh, I'm extreme... keeping that in this is a horror podcast now <laughs> welcome to our horror three, three, three spoopy five me sorry everybody <laughs> um uh, no the fast and the frightening <laughs> <laughs> oh Can a hearse drive? <laughs> Is this the end of Pizza Grave? <laughs> Is this the end of Pizza Rave? <laughs> oh, This episode, and this one's going in the old Disney vault. <laughs> this is not going to be released. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> okay. What I have like a a serious thing to talk about that I'm now realizing no. maybe we should like leave out no, and no, just no. not talk about. I do but, no, get I to some not stuff about the franchise have, as yeah, a whole. I have to. I have to talk about. Why don't Why don't we break it up? Um, let's talk about some goofy shit. Um, okay. I I want to talk about. 
Oh, we uh, have to talk about fucking when they go into fucking space. Yes, I want to talk about when they go about it yet. But but here's the thing: before we can even talk about space, there is a glaring problem with this movie that takes up half its runtime that we do have to address. Okay, this movie is burdened with explaining its own lore. This movie basically has to reconcile because, as, as Joey yeah. you pointed out when we were first discussing what we knew about the the franchise, you said pretty sure Tokyo Drift just randomly takes place somewhere else, um, and is set in in the future. Um, oh fuck, you're right. That's what this was about. That's so, what that was about. Okay, so yeah, much yeah. of this movie is dedicated to explaining how Tokyo Drift fits into. The main franchise. That's and true. That's, like, that's it. like a third of this movie. <laughs> they go to Tokyo. They have so many flashbacks to explain how Han, the character who was introduced in Tokyo Drift, you know, uh, like where he came from and then where he went, where he came from Cotton Eye Joe, right? Like, yeah. you know, he, he's got there's, like, there's, there's, a, so there's much... another extensive, like, Kurt Russell flashback sequence to explain it all, right? Right. Like... That he was behind it. He was behind Tokyo Drift the whole time. There's even a moment where they were like, I thought that when Han was in Tokyo, he was just hanging out with some, like, small-time petty criminals. It's like, no, but Mr. Nobody was secretly doing an operation the whole time. They have to retcon in that the agency was behind Tokyo Drift the whole time as well. Yeah. Um, and Because the agency wasn't invented yet when they made Tokyo Drift. Right, so and, it's like and a, yeah. another thing that they, that they do is they bring back the original cast of Tokyo Drift. Um, they bring back, like, three guys who I thought were, like, the cast of Jackass at first uh but they're just like oh, the, the, those are that's who the weird rocket guys are yeah the guys who build the rocket that get them into space right uh -huh. um are the three guys who are hanging out with han in tokyo drift apparently which i only figured out because at the end at the barbecue oh, he's like you're you right. guys are here and they're like han we can't believe you're alive so like and here's the other thing tokyo drift was justin lin's first entry in this franchise and uh -huh. Nine was his like swan song. This was him like saying goodbye to the franchise. Okay. So a lot of this movie is just reabsorbing Tokyo Drift into the canon. But the problem hmm. is that then half the movie, like the entire middle of the movie, is just characters explaining how Tokyo Drift relates to the agency. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> and then they use the characters from Tokyo Drift to get the franchise into space, which was their like. I mean, presumably they've already jumped to the shark like six or seven times, but this is like, sure. we're going to strap a rocket to a car so that you can drive it in space. Well, there's a scene early on in the movie where they strap a rocket to a car so that it goes fast and then blows up. Right. And then, like, the next time those characters show up, they're about to launch them into space in the same car, right? So, but, okay, I do want to talk I about- say, Han doesn't really do anything in this movie. Like, they make a big deal well, about him coming back, but he doesn't do anything. He, like, barely has three yeah, lines. I have some stuff to say about that also um honestly um, they I'm deal with him being back way more in the next movie which isn't to say yeah. a lot but the post credit scene of this movie is the scene in fast is 10 it, when it, yeah. uh jason statham is beating up some random guy and then and then han shows up at the door except in this movie he has short hair yes, and in the next the, movie he has continuity long hair. error there but like you know if yeah. we if we forgive <laughs> that cares? for like the spider-verse sequel then yeah i was gonna say we can forgive it for this movie but this is not on the level of the spider-verse sequel so yeah. i take that sentiment all the way back 
I mean, I'm just gonna, like, who cares? It doesn't matter. I, continuity is the least of my worries with this franchise. But I do want to talk about... Well, it's the most like, of their worries because they spent half the movie explaining the continuity to you. That's true. Okay, let me talk about why they go into space in this movie for a minute. <laughs> yeah. The villain's plan... <laughs> the magic egg. The, okay, so the magic egg has uh, the power to control all technology because technology is evil and corruptive and this controls it, right? So the in order to the uh, facilitate this, though, they need to upload the program from the magic egg... Um, uh, which, by the way, in the beginning of the movie, it's divided in half, and it's like a MacGuffin hunt for, like, the two halves, and the then we said, like, Han's ward is the genetic key that unlocks it, right? So, um, and so, like, then they need to upload the thing in the magic egg to a satellite in orbit that will then, I guess, infect all the other satellites that will then sort of trickle down to all technology okay anytime so, they say we got to stop the uplink to the yeah I, so i, was just I do like, just want to establish i do have to establish that absolutely none of this makes the slightest bit of fucking sense and no part of this in any way is remotely connected to the way any sort of technology works in the real world so uh, like it's just let's just get that out of the way all of this is is bonkers batshit nonsense right none of this makes sense that said they do they do something that actually like i i realized when they did this thing that i realized that this this second uh, th this latter part of the movie they decided that they were going into space in this movie and then to reverse engineer the villain's plan and they were like what allowed that done to happen yet? how can we jump exactly the further exactly because what happens is that uh john cena's financial backer son of dictator rich prick launches a satellite into space via a, a rocket that they just had sitting there from the back of a mansion in London? Question mark. Right, like somewhere, unclear. somewhere in unclear. It's it's a city in the UK. There's a big mansion. They fucking launch a huge rocket from the backyard to put a brand new satellite into space. Now. This obviously, like, obviously, again, none of this makes any sense because you wouldn't need to put a new satellite into space and it would be super inefficient to launch one for your own purposes anyway. Plus, like, if you were going to do that, why would you then have to have the... They already had the magic egg, so why would they, like, have it on the ground uploading to the satellite in orbit when they had them both, like, the satellite? It Again, like, it, none of this... I, I don't even know how to say it. It's... If you think about it for any amount of time, the whole thing falls apart. It doesn't make any sense. It's just a justification for them going into space because the what happens is once they've done this very silly, like, launching a satellite into space, which takes all of five minutes, and by the way, they're like... And the the fast family is like, oh, and we're we're there's no way to stop the launch. And then they look up and like they see the rocket going overhead, like twenty minutes after they said that. So like they actually had ample time to like get a fucking rocket launcher. I just I just googled this by have. the way while you were explaining this, and apparently Justin Lin did say that it um that the reason why they did it is because it was a common uh. joke among fans of the franchise that like well in the next one they'll go to space. So like they okay. they did it, but that's the thing when I describe sure. the movie as joyless. 
Like, Fast 10 has a sense of humor about itself. At no point in this scene did I feel like they were in on the joke. It just felt like they were yeah. doing it out of a sense of obligation. Like, they felt like they had well, to go okay. to space. So we should talk about the the precipitating event, actually, besides for the ridiculous reasons for, like, the, the way they construct them having to go to space and, like, they go to space in a car just because they have to, right? Like, but the reason that this happens is the scene earlier in the movie where uh, the character of Roman, like, hangs a lantern on the ridiculousness of the franchise. And, like, one... Well, hold on. Well, so we should, so we should, we should explain. Basically, in one of the yeah. earlier action sequences of the movie, they drive across a minefield and the mines blow up, but they're faster than the landmines. Which is yeah. It's well, they insane. so so yeah no, but so so like Ramsey does math and she's like we have to go eighty miles an hour in order to drive past the explosions fast enough of the landmines, and then Roman's like my vehicle only goes up to seventy miles per hour. What am I supposed to do? And so Tej says drive seventy and pray or whatever, right? And like that's that, and then they drive over the landmines, right? So yeah, of course, and they outdrive the explosions. Um, yeah, that happens. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so, um, so, then they're also being shot at by, like, 20 dudes and all the bullets missed, right? And at a certain point, then afterwards, Roman comes to to Tej, uh, and he says, um, I think we're invincible, right? He says, like, there's no reason why any of us should be alive. I think that we're invincible. And... Tej and Ramsey then make fun of Roman for this, and at the end, he has this moment where he's like, you know what? We're not invincible, right? We're just lucky. But, uh-huh. like, you fucking are, dude! Like, the, yeah. and this is the thing, this goes back to, remember what I, I talked about in terms of, uh, and we talked about this in Spy Racers, and we also talked about it uh Fast 10, the, the bit of, like, um, you know, she lost six pints of blood, normal human dies after uh, yes. four, and there's the, you know, Dominic Toretto canonically has super strength and speed. I think yes. that we're really seeing right the that like the franchise is aware of this on some level that like there is a sort of cosmic um superiority to these characters that they do operate sort of in a space but i think that it is because of their faith right like i think that it is it is yes. it is implied that like they are because they have good religious traditional values that they yep. um are ordained uh, okay so we are going to connect to what i want to talk that about they are ordained okay. with this type of you know um superhuman uh status and they are 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 sort of like a, a literal a very literal like ubermensch uh uh archetype yes. right and is, then yeah. um but the bad guys of this franchise are ones who abuse money and influence and technology right in order to try to achieve power right everybody yeah. in this franchise and i will say though that like this franchise is a unique case because i don't know if i could in good faith call it fascist because it deliberately goes against any sort of like ethnic racial or blood related um implication of um superiority right like everyone talks about how they're like 
you know, it's just, we're just normal people from the ghetto. We grew up in poverty, right? Uh, you know, we're, we're two black guys in a, in a Fiero or, you know, um, you know, Cardi B talks about how, uh, Dom helped her out of a tight spot and like, you know, all this stuff, like they are all like from, uh, a different myriad of, of backgrounds and races and, uh, at, at least two genders that we know right but like yeah. you know but so there's not like a superiority in that sort of traditional bigotry fueled kind of way um except for maybe religious right like that that it is perhaps because they wear the cross because they say grace because they talk about god because they talk about yeah. faith and it, this and I, this movie is is if any i mean it doesn't have more religious imagery but it has more sort of explicit discussion of like faith well in, no in, i want to talk cr- about one thing in particular which i think really does hit this home because i mean yeah there's more discussion so like, i was also gonna say like in this movie D- dominic toretto also is like uh like a baptized and resurrected right like 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 dies and is baptized in water and is like resurrected right, after yeah. like a vision, um, and, and I, a vision and I, and I of his father. I want to talk about that in a moment. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, but like you know, uh, Dom's kid asks like, "Where is God?" And uh, he says, "In your heart." And I'm also right. in your heart, <laughs> right? <laughs> if you have faith in me, I'll always be with right, you, right? right? Like, and, yeah, no. But the scene, okay, the scene is clearly supposed to be Christ-like, right? Like, Dominic sacrificed himself. He's, like, pulled between chains. He's stretched out kind of on the cross, right? Yeah, it, it is a combination of, um, like... Christ and Samson. I was gonna say, yeah. It is Samson, because he brings the building down on top of him and everybody else. Yeah, he brings the building down on top of himself, sacrificing himself for his family. Right. It's a combination of Samson and Christ. But the thing yes. about Samson, right? Right. Is that... He was ordained with superhuman strength because of his piousness, right? Right, yes. Because of his commitment to God, he was granted superhuman abilities. And, right, and lost it because he, like, felt he succumbed to temptation and then temporarily regained it because of a reassertion of his faith. Yes. And so... When Dominic did that, and he does like the, the the Christ pose, and then is baptized and everything. I mean, clearly that's the more prevalent metaphor. But as soon as yes. because the invincibility conversation had already happened, and he brings down the the whole building on top of himself mm. and every and everybody else, right? And drowns, and then has a vision, right, right. while drowning. Um, but no, but specifically the bringing down the building, I was like, right, the concept of you know, in Hebrew, nizirut, right? Mm. Um, but like, essentially, you know, for, if you don't want to sit in our Bible study circle here, uh, oh. basically, like, you know, the the source of Samson's super strength being his, like, you know, extra commitment to God. Um, that I think is, I, I don't even know if it's implied. It might just be canon to the Fast and Furious universe. I think universe, it's explicit. Yes, yeah, that these characters, because of their piousness, are awarded invincibility and superhuman strength and speed yes right by god yeah and i think that you know we joked right about i mean look we are very much everything about this podcast hinges on us being the wrong people to tackle this franchise right yeah you and i are you know we were raised jewish 
right? Uh, you know, I, I myself am, am atheist. Uh, you know, and I have a a, a slightly uh, more complicated relationship with with belief. But anyway, right? Yeah, it, it, yeah, you know. But but we're not like traditional in in that sense, and we don't know anything we're, about. We are cars. not the sort of. We are not the sort of uh, traditional Christian um, like uh, targets, I guess. Right, and, and the, we also, you know, the, we the message. we're not we did not grow up in poverty, so we don't have that going for us. We're... I think that this this franchise is about um, this sort of like um, how uh, strength through faith, um, but I think a big part of it is also about an an abdication of a larger moral responsibility right the 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 and and this is uh, where i think some some of this uh there might be some interesting interplay right but it is the reason okay i i wondered for a very long time like knowing about this franchise right and knowing about, and I, it always kind of ended up in my brain in the same category as like the Grand Theft Auto games, right? Like where right. it just seems like these are about uh, uh, criminals who hurt people, uh, but are apparently the good guys. And I wonder if there's anything more to that, right? Or if it's literally just like, are they literally just, uh, you know, a uh, uh, amoral people being portrayed as as good right well i think i think that there is something here though which goes beyond that and is something very different going on um which is you know how i I said that like the cinematography of this film does really feel like an espionage thriller um Mm. really hammered it home for me was cardi b's line right Uh where she's like you know look at where we started look where we are now kind of right like yeah like i i Mm. was in a bad place now look at me i run this secret like what is it like swat spy thing like i'm doing great right i don't yeah sure um you helped me out of a tight spot and now i run this cool like you know black ops shit Mm. um and to me right this is i think a reclamation of the espionage thriller for um the underprivileged and i think that that is a, a noble goal Right. Um, I think that, you know, oftentimes, right, take Mission Impossible, James Bond, um, you know, even John Wick, all of these things are really like high society, bougie culture. It's all about rich people at their dinner parties and yachts, and you have to dress in a tux and talk very proper. Mm. Even, you know, a movie that actually handles this uh, theme uh, well Kingsman. is Kingsman, right? Where, um, yep. it, you know, that where. Uh, Iggy has to learn how to act like a, a gentleman, right? Um, and and um, Colin Firth's character has a great line where he says, "You know, being a gentleman is not about um, money; it's about being comfortable in one one's own skin." Um, yeah. And I think that uh, you know, Kingsman, really and that's that that well. is the message of. I mean, especially that first movie is phenomenal because, like, the message of that first movie, right, is about like the the. The, it turns out, right, like in that movie, I guess spoilers for the first Kingsman movie, right, that like the the elitist evil pricks also run the Kingsman organization, right, and he has to overcome them also, right? And, like, but also he, that every rich dude in the world is in league yeah. with the evil bad guy, right? And right. so they kill them all. 
in gratuitously yes. violent, hilarious fashion. Right. And, and I think, and there's, Otto even has a line where he says, the rich pricks run the world. And I think that this franchise is a pushback mm. against, right, that type of elitism that like Kingsman the, is sort of James Bond yeah, yeah. Is, is commenting on, where it, you know, it, it's talking about like, you know, you might start having to commit crime just to get by. But like that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you can't go places and be successful if you have faith and family. And I think that that is itself good. I think that, you know what? That's a good message for a franchise to have. I think that there is sort of an un, um, you know, a, a, an uncomfortable um, byproduct of this is that as they continue to up the action stakes, right, that they mm-hmm. then... And also continued this weird, like, technophobic side of it as well, mm. um, where it's constantly anti-progress, right? That the um, sort of initial, like, kind of well-meaning, egalitarian, open-minded, forward-thinking nature of the franchise in terms of, like, democratizing the action film for, like, mm. you know, uh, uh, ethnically diverse um just you know, a broader background yeah, right you're right it, it is a it's a noble goal yeah. but then once you tie that to any and all progress is bad it becomes like you said last episode um this far no further it becomes this sort of weird neoliberal kind of like post progress yeah. um pearl clutching conservative like um you know everything's fine as long as we all share the same faith the same family and there and it becomes this like there is a a superpowered privileged few in whose hands power should be relegated yeah no i i mean i think that's a that's a, a series of very astute observations i i mean uh, my feeling about uh, that I got from from this movie and about the franchise as a whole is is somewhat different, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. Like I think your 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 like your observation about the like uh, I guess I'd say uh, like intended um, intended themes, like originally intended themes of this franchise, and like that that goal being very noble. Like I obviously agree with a hundred percent, right? Like that that makes perfect sense i think i that that is you can still read that in like where these movies are coming from and like the their treatment of the characters um especially when they're like exploring the characters early backgrounds and and things like that but while i'm watching this this movie right and and observing the sort of like um casual violence and death uh and the sort of um callous disregard di- for the callous civilian disregard for human life right yeah exactly right like generally speaking it occurred to me right that these characters are more what we would traditionally think of as anti-heroes right when you have sort of a hero who engages in methodology that results in a huge amount of bystander casualties right like typically you don't think of that person as a traditional hero right that's not that's not typically how that is is portrayed but in these movies so far these characters are portrayed very much in the the sort of hero light despite their very obvious sort of um i would describe them as failings but it seems pretty clear that the the movie doesn't think that's the case but like what i was thinking while watching this movie what occurred to me right is that 
like Dominic Toretto and his family aren't the good guys because they adhere to a code or protect people or anything in a traditional sense, because they, they actually seem to be like little better than very lucky mercenaries. <laughs> like that's that's what what they are. Uh the reason that they're the good guys is because they protect each other at all costs, right? At other right, the villains double cross one another, right? Like Jason yeah. Momoa double crosses Charlie's Theron and uh, Charlize Theron double crosses John Cena, and uh, John Cena. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, still going. Yeah, <laughs> still going. <laughs> yeah, God, this is why right, this episode like, is gonna be so goddamn long. Yeah, the 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 reason Dominic and his family are the good guys is because they they of their loyalty to each other and their protection for each other at all costs, even at the expense of other people, even at the expense of innocent bystanders. And of course they maintain and drive cars really fast, which also seems to be like a cop. Like when uh, Michael Rooker's character is introduced, oh, like yeah, he's maintaining buddy. a car. That's how you're like, supposed yo, to know that, that he's freaking Michael Rooker. Like, are you, yeah, are yeah. you shitting me? Yeah. I know. Right? But like, he's maintaining a car, which is how, you know, he's a good person. Right. Right. But like, and he hands so, Dom a beer, which is another one of yeah, those, uh, fast exactly. Benefits. Right. So, right. So I'm, I'm watching this movie. And I'm like, I think this, the message of this film franchise is not about like a sort of a traditional view of like heroism and like an idea of like a larger responsibility for other human beings. It's a sort of, uh, a per, uh, a, it, it's exemplifying the sort of uh, value of like, if you look out for yourself and your family and trust in God that God will take care of everything else and make everything all right, that that's what it's required to be a good person. And I find that, um, I, I, I want to say repugnant, but I'm going to try and maybe use a less, it, it is, what it is, is an abdication of moral responsibility, right? Like that is the sort of mindset uh, and I'm afraid that that's what this franchise is about. Like, it really, you know, can I, can with I this share something fear. which, uh, a film, well, let, let me actually... just finish what I'm, let me just finish what I'm I'm saying here because yeah. I think it's it's important to to kind of note right like I I'm I'm afraid that what this franchise is is a um a way out for people right like that maybe this franchise is for people who are uh, uh scared of the idea that everybody has like a level of responsibility for things that are sometimes out of their control, that you have to take care of other people, right? And be responsible for the world around you and society at large and, and have some kind of, you know, uh, do some kind of, of ethical reasoning about your own actions, right? And that like this, because, because this kind of, um, Head in the sand, conservative uh, morality. I'd say it's um, more libertarian. Sure, yes, but like that—that that kind of like uh, uh, libertarian ethics, right? Of like, if I look out for myself and my own, and trust in God that God will take care of everything else, then I'm a good person. That is the sort of mindset that leads to the sort of horrible complacency with evil planet planet devastating uh problems that we have today it's the idea that led to the invention of war right like it is literally well uh, if, uh, if i may though i want to sure. shout out a film which i think actually handles both of these themes that we're talking about prevalent in the franchise um really well um mm. in that it both talks about sort of like 
the effect of going from like an underprivileged background like growing up in the ghetto to like worldwide espionage and like the way that that predicates one for like towards like horrible acts of violence while also talking about sort of like isolationism and me and mine versus like a, a global shared responsibility and that's black panther mm. Right, the those two themes are like the whole point of that movie. That's true. Like Killmonger's thing is that like he, you know, he wants to eradicate the idea of that isolationism and you know uh, have this like global responsibility thing. Uh, But the problem is that because of his youth in the ghetto and because of him being used by the government, like spy agencies and being used to commit such acts of violence that he has lost perspective of that. Right. And is, you know, trying to pursue global community in violence. Right. And, and that goes into kind of a, a larger problem with then every villain in the MCU after that point always had a point, but did big violence. And it sort of became very, um yeah icky feeling formula for well formulaic right but also just right. like we think that uh we should improve the world somewhat also we're gonna right. kill babies and it's like Ooh. yeah but also also we do 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 a lot of killing right so, yeah it's like oh it's very right, icky yeah. now but like but when but with killmonger right there was a real like conversation there about like these topics and um also just, i mean also just a good movie uh, yeah. but like no but like the the end of that movie is like killmonger is not like um he's not wrong he's just also not like right. not right and um right. he does the... not get to see his dream of like violence and revenge perpetrated but he does right. achieve change in that wakanda then does because, open their borders right and because help he changes like wakanda's position he changes t'challa's attitude right and like he he opens up like the he changes the course of history because of that right, right. like the, and i will also sort say, of melding of both perspectives and ideas and when yes. chadwick boseman dies the character dies right i actually think yes. black panther is like a uh you know at least just like the 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 movies that are out now right like you yeah. know black panther has like a really um like it, it does what fast and furious wants to do almost right. effortlessly <laughs> like it just it's just it, like it doesn't even try it just does it yeah. and it's good at it and like meanwhile right like um also like black panther needle drops a ton of different types of music uh-huh. at like various locations um that like you would think would clash but they don't um yeah um right like they go to uh like korea and they do like so, some like korean music and they have like also just mm. like this like classical music that they need to drop in certain scenes like for different characters they have different music and they have a lot of like Af- african like uh tribal instruments as well as whereas like an mm. orchestral like you know cinematic score all blends together very well um I, I, black panther just does what fast and furious wishes it could do yeah have we kind of talked about everything that? Because uh, we've talked for a while. <laughs> I, yeah, that's true. We've talked about a lot. We've covered a lot. I, I feel like I, s- I still have so much more to say, but I think we probably have to to uh, look at wrapping up. I did want to mention one quick thing, which is uh, I discovered in this movie that Gal Gadot's character is supposed to be dead. <laughs> um, yes, I also then... discovered that this movie, right. and also that she was also... a Mossad agent. 
Yes. Like she well, was so Israeli, she, again, she was playing an Israeli yeah. woman in the Well, franchise. so I fucking wrote down Zachary that so she's playing an Israeli, right, who's a Mossad agent, but they did name her Giselle, which I I don't spent, know how many Israelis you guys know. Yeah, I spent a lot. Zero of them are named. Giselle. I've spent a decent amount of time in Israel, and I I've never met an Israeli named. I've met many different Israelis from many different backgrounds, and not one of them has ever been named Giselle. So. I am a little curious how they came up with that one. But other than that... Uh, uh, yeah, I have yeah. a couple small things I wanted to mention. Uh, first of all, they do sure. a thing uh, that a lot of movies I see doing, and I always hate it, um, which is the sight of a plane crash. They just, like, sprinkled plane bits, but there's no... <laughs> like, the earth is not disturbed. Yeah, there's just uh, uh, some pieces of a plane resting gently on, gently on undisturbed earth. I hate yeah. that shit. I always notice it immediately. It drives me crazy. <laughs> um, that's kind of like a CinemaSins ding nitpick there. Yeah. But it is a pet peeve of mine in movies I wanted to mention. Um, we didn't even mention the part where they drive over a rope bridge as it's disintegrating. Yes, and then swing them. on the rope using <laughs> and their then, Oh my god, the... Holy shit. The thing that he... Oh my god, yeah. Okay, I guess we can't even talk about that. Um, uh, let's just say... Uh, there, there ain't no fucking way. Um, <laughs> and I guess I'm just gonna have to get over that. The um, the the bit where uh, Roman and Tej reach the uh, ISS and the Russian astronauts are, uh, look out the window and because they yeah. have had to use like retrofit like diving, old-timey diving suits yeah. to make spacesuits which are bright yellow and have a single porthole, I was like, why are they yes. yellow? Uh, and it apparently is for universal brand integration. Because as soon as they get <laughs> out of the, the you know, what was it, the Pontiac Fiero, right? Yeah. Uh, the the uh, Russian uh, space uh, astronauts like look out the window and they're like why do they look like minions yeah i know it's uh yeah which no, ties it's... into john cena watching minions in fast 10 so That's i guess true. just as long as minions exist they will uh, like there, you know there's gonna in... be minions product placement in fast and in furious, furious yeah. yeah there's just gonna be lots um, of minions I did want to point out, I guess, that, like, the whole ending of this movie is, uh, like, completely, uh, nothing, uh, big nothing burger of irrelevance. Like, they're doing this whole chase scene to try and, like, stop the uplink or whatever, and, but like, none of that matters. anyway. Because what happens is they drive a car through a satellite and then, like, which is which supposedly is, like, gonna prevent them from getting back to Earth, except then they just, like, drive up to the, to the ISS they and roll knock up, on like, the window. Yeah, and then they're just, like, at the barbecue at the end of the movie, like, nothing happened, and it's completely irrelevant and nothing matters. Like, absolutely, none of it matters. It doesn't matter that they went to space. It doesn't matter that any of this happened. It's all irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Like, great job, I guess, I'm so glad that happened. Yeah, and and also they um they do manage to destroy Charlize Theron's plane, but then it's revealed she's piloting it remotely. So yeah, she just walks away. Drone. Uh, and I guess yeah. that's where she gets all her goons that are then stolen anyway in the next movie by um, yeah you know, by Jason Momoa. Uh, Jason Momoa. Uh, I so I do want to end off here, even though this is, episode has been hella long. Um, yeah. Sorry, everybody. I uh, I think maybe we should just wrap it up 
uh with uh some in reviews what do you think uh sounds great let's uh, do it now uh again just to explain the rules in case anybody does not know the rules of the game um the game that I, we've only played once before we played twice. Or twice twice before you're right sorry yes twice we played it twice um i have taken uh reviews from uh the site letterboxd i have uh you know just um i will read off uh you know what the reviews say but i will not provide joey with a score uh the scores can be anything from half a star to five stars um basically a 10 point rating system i just want to say reviews for this film like specifically for uh, for for this film and joey is going to have to guess uh you know what score this person gave the movie yes now joey your first one Comes to you I, from... I've I've historically been very bad at this, so let's go. Yes, but to be fair, so has everyone else that I have ever tried to play this game with. <laughs> sure, okay. Uh, shout out to friends of the show, uh, John and Ike, uh, who I have uh, tested this on, uh, and they have uh, also been bad at it. Awesome. Um, okay, so this first review comes from Cartoon She. Okay. Easily the worst movie in the entire franchise, but I had so much fucking fun watching it that I don't even care. Ridiculous. Huh. Alright, that sounds like a real real mixed bag. Um, yep, I thought it was perfect for this game. Oof, okay. The, the worst movie in the franchise, but so much fun that they didn't care. Fuck, I mean, like, it can't be... Just like a straight down the middle. It, it's ten points that we're we're doing. Well, like half a star to five stars. So sorry, yes, yeah, 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 right, five different... stars. Right. So, it, but it it can't just be like a straight down the middle three. That would be insane to to review it that way. Well, frankly, down the middle would be two and a half. Okay, two and a half. Could it be two and a half? Could it be fuck? I mean, uh, four stars. It is half a star. Oh. God damn it. Well, then would you th- then you do fucking care, Mr. Cartoonji. <laughs> like, it sure seems like it. Well, let's do a, a similar one. This is by uh, user Stevie, who says, I feel like these movies were good when they were bad and didn't realize how good they were by being bad. And now they're just bad what? because they think they are good by trying to be bad, but they're actually just bad. Does that what? make sense? No, what the fuck? What? Oh, I understood 100% what this person is saying. <laughs> Can you give that back to me one more time? I feel like these movies were good when they were bad, uh-huh. but didn't realize how good they were by being bad. And now they're just bad because they think they are good by trying to be bad, but they're actually just bad. Okay, I get it. Uh, uh, two. Mm. I'll give it to you. It's one and a half. In this game, okay. we round with within a half point. I think is is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, because otherwise uh, you're never going to get a point. I'm not. I'm not keeping. I'm not keeping your score or whatever. Yeah. But... All right. Okay. This is by Penny. Okay. And from Penny the big, says... From the Big Bang. <laughs> Bazinga! <laughs> Bazinga! <laughs> okay. Ah, uh, fuck you. <laughs> I feel, feel gross. <laughs> <laughs> Unclean. Yeah. Oh, God. This is a bit of a longer one, but I think it is worth it. All right. 
Perhaps the franchise at its most mythic, the power of cinema forging deities who can't Fuck. be killed. Not even real-life death can stop the legend from continuing. I laughed, I cried. This is the peak of franchise filmmaking. What? Story beats endlessly fold in on themselves, creating tapestry. Every moment in the history of the series sprawled out flat, occurring Ooh. at the same time. After binging all of these over the past <laughs> month, I love being able to finally see an F&F barbecue on the big screen. The what? gods of metal gathering together on Mount Olympus. Let us hold hands and pray. Fuck you. Four and a half fucking stars. Five. I'll give it to you. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> but, okay, can I just say fuck this person? <laughs> you I don't know. I think, hold on. Hold on. Can you honestly say that this person is, like, waxing poetic more than we just have for the past, like, two fucking hours? Okay, but they just said the dumbest, like, a, a series of incredibly stupid, like, fran did they say franchise filmmaking at its peak? Like, it's, I mean, I, like, that's, uh, what a depressing idea. <laughs> like, oh. God. Alright, this one is by um, Ayo Ediberi, uh, if I'm saying that right, who is a, a celebrity, who is an actress. Um, Wait, I don't, what? There's no, like, verification on Letterboxd. I know that celebrities do have Letterboxd, so I don't know if this is actually Ayo Ediberi. I hope I'm saying that right. There's no way I am. Um, but um, So potentially a person who's actually been in films or yes. was writing this review. Um, yeah, but, uh, there's no, like, verification, so I have, no, I have you no can't, idea. You can't pay $15 a month for a blue check mark on Letterboxd. Yeah, exactly. So, so okay. possibly the real, um, the new April O'Neil from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie says, Oh, uh, wow. This movie is really and truly post-God. <laughs> um, I mean, I kind of get it. Yeah, no, for sure. This it movie does, is really and truly post-God. It does seem, you know, that's fairly accurate. Uh, it doesn't really give me a sense of quality, though, is the problem. Um, really and truly post-God. I mean, I'm going to have to take a swing and say four. It is a trick question. She did not give it a rating. What? <laughs> I didn't even know that was an option. I didn't know you could write a review without giving it a rating. Well, uh, mostly I ignore those ones. Yeah, um, but that one was too, too This good. one was so good that I had to bring it up. I do really like that one. That's very funny um, to me. Yeah, no, that... <laughs> it was pretty good. Uh, now, I want to end off on um, a returning favorite of the, the podcast, oh, no. uh, Shookun. Shookun? Shookun. You remember uh, this guy, right? No, I don't. What did they... I I only remember number one Gizmo fan. What A love letter we... to death? Oh, God, yes! <laughs> oh, no! All right! <laughs> so, I mean, this is the one we're gonna end on, because it doesn't get better than this. Okay. The technocratic automobile fetish with the computer keyboard name drop homage. The only thing giving this a little bit of fuel is the Oedipal triangulation process between the father and the two brothers by a cringy flashback sequences, though, where one brother kills the father and the second one needs to avenge him. The epic story arc of Totem and Taboo right there. Vin Diesel once again being parasuicidal, only staying alive for his loved ones. Always nice to watch. The twisted perversion for the slightly homoerotic chrome play 
plating, an infinite car advertisement gets at least on the level of some type of reflection. Death drive taken literally. Besides that, trashy as usual. Also, always new, John Cena is actually a baddie, hiding as a goodie in open sight. Oh... Don't get better than that, my guy. <laughs> I'm not reading that again. <laughs> oh. Say, I'll say this, right? I was surprised by how little joy there was in Nine, and then we went and had an episode that similarly had very little joy. <laughs> I feel like we needed this. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> Goddamn piece of shit! <laughs> 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 you go to sleep. We are um, way past our bedtime. Oh, what? Oh, fuck! Uh, I see. I don't remember what he rated it last time. <laughs> um, is that a? Is that maybe a one star? It's a one and a half. I'll fucking give it to you. I feel like you win this round. I did pretty well this time, actually. You did good yeah. this time. You're getting scarily good at this. Oh, God. All right. Do we want to update our tier rankings? Um, I mean... Fast 10, still at an A. I still think that was really enjoyable. This one is going right now all the way down. I, I And if something comes along which is worse than this, it might move up to a D. But right now, it's going yeah. F. That is the only letter in the title of this. <laughs> I'm going to actually just sort. I'm going to go ahead and put this in D because it was watchable, and I'm concerned that there might be some unwatchable movies in this franchise. That's fair. I'll put it in D. So, so I'm going to leave it in Dommy D. Toretta. Yeah, I'm just going to kind of, but I'm going to kind of leave it there just to have room for worse. But uh, uh, Mr. Diesel, this was a very bad film. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Have you no shame, sir? <laughs> oh man! Uh, Somehow been... heartbreak feels good in a place like this. You know what I'm this has been in reverse. Let me just say, our bad from the bottom Oops. of my heart. My bad. Oops, we did a fucky wucky. <laughs> this episode's a real stinkeroo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have, don't blame us. This movie sucks. <laughs> this is we not our have, fault. We gotta pull it together for the ending, bro. Oh, okay. Oh. Fuck. Uh, thank you so much to everybody for listening. And also, uh, we're sorry. So we're sorry. Uh, yeah, as always. Uh, you know, this is. In reverse, uh, in reversecast.com. Uh, Joey, where can uh, people find us elsewhere on the, the web? Yeah, so uh, we're uh, 
you can you can listen and subscribe like Zachary said at interversecast.com or we should be anywhere else you get podcasts uh you know Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the whole gamut. Uh, if you like the show, please, uh, you know, rate and review it. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, we're at In Reverse Cast uh, on Twitter and on uh, Instagram. We're also on Mastodon at Interverse at Mastodon.social. Um, and uh, you can reach us via email um, at uh, hosts at InReverseCast.com. Join us uh, next episode uh, where we will be uh, covering the uh, first arc of the final season of Fast and Furious Spy Racers. Um, you know, kind of continuing what we talked about uh, last week. Uh, we'll try to to keep it shorter than this one. It would be hard for it to be longer, uh, but it'll <laughs> be it'll be so it'll be the first six episodes of season six of Spy Racers. All right, Zachary, do you uh, do you have a a, a, a quote for us to to end off on this week i i do actually uh and it was hard to pick one out because the script is so bare bones and lackluster there were not a lot of really like stellar inspirational lines um but i i was able to find one um googling this line i cannot find evidence of it existing anywhere so either i hallucinated it um or it is exclusive to the director's cut and therefore not like well documented um, so you're getting a, a deep cut uh, from uh-huh. the, the Funiverse. This one actually comes to us from uh, Ludacris, uh, Tej, in the in the movie. Um, there's this beautiful scene where the, uh, you know, reinforced rocket-propelled Fiero is launched into space. And Justin Lin shoots the scene uh, with, like, just you see the curvature of the Earth gradually rise up on their, like, view screen. And suddenly you realize that they've made it to to space. It's this beautiful moment of them taking it all in. And then um, there's, like, a bit where... um, uh, Roman is is eating a ton of candy, right? Yes. Uh, and Ludacris uh, turns to him and he just says something so profound. I, I felt I had to share it. He says, "If you shorten this Fiero, I swear to God." <laughs> John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, everybody. We're done. We did. We're, We're done. done. We're out. <laughs> We're done!